Welcome to the program here. The phones are open and you can join us. Bring up whatever you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online as well. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. Other talk show hosts, a lot of them charge you for their websites. Ours is free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Reed from a remote location. Reed Coverdale is uh, back with us here. It's been a few weeks. You're, you've been, as usual, busy on the road doing various different things. You were at the, the Tim Pool show a few weeks ago. And I did take the time to watch that episode. I've never actually watched an entire episode of uh, of his show before. Oh, yeah. Thanks I'm for flattered. calling out Free Talk Live, I think, twice during that episode. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, w- it was fun. Uh, he doesn't have a Joe Rogan-style interview show. It's not even really an interview show. It's just a no. news show where they talk about all these different, in my opinion, kind of uninteresting things, and you kind of have to <laughs> hijack the conversation and push it in your direction. But I think me and Jose kind of did. Like, we got a lot of points across, and I was, I guess I was happy with it for, for what it was. Yeah, I always thought Jose was, like, one of the toads on Twitter and always, like, being really obnoxious and annoying, but he was really good on that show. <laughs> He, well, you're you're not wrong. He is obnoxious and annoying. He's just also he, he is smart too. So. Yeah, he was great. Um, and you did you know you did the best you could to try to bring attention to Joa's situation. Our co-host uh, Joe will be on tomorrow night. Oh yeah, but Tim um, Pole cannot talk about that because he loves Bolduck. Well, whatever. we have to re- re- recap what happened. So Don Bolduck was this uh, you know total statist Republican guy running for U.S. Senate. And uh, here in New Hampshire, and of course, Jeremy Coppin, the Libertarian candidate, was running against him. And this bullduck guy showed up at a campaign event, a senatorial debate. And outside of that debate, our co-host Joa from Breaking the Flaw tried to walk up to him and, I don't know, say something to him. But bullduck shouted at the top of his lungs and like pointed him out to the police, had the police come over and arrest him and charge him with trespassing. Uh, but then Bolduck yelled at him and claimed that he was... He said uh, he hit me. Yeah, he said he hit me like five times in a row, and Joe never hit him. There's multiple camera angles that we compiled together that showed crystal clear. Not uh, only did Joe never hit him, but he actually elbowed Joe in the chest. Bolduck, yeah, elbowed Joe, and that's pretty clear in the in the video as well. But then the sort of conservative-leaning media ran with this story uh, within the next 24 to 48 hours and just put Bolduck all over the place and acted like he was the one telling the truth. When in point of fact, he is actually a, a liar, which is what you would expect out of a politician. And I guess uh, Tim Poole just never really, I think he mentioned it, but never really dug into it, even though video was provided to him. Uh, he should have been able to easily check the, the facts on this, but he didn't. And you tried bringing it up, and it seemed like what happened was he just simply ignored everything that you said about it and just moved on. Right, Reed? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I was kind of expecting that in general. I mean, there were a couple other points that he actually did kind of respond to me on and even like brought it back up later in the show. Some stuff I said about Trump, which Mm -hmm. was cool because he doesn't usually do that. But he seems very agenda driven on what he wants to talk about and basically kind of, you know, if you have to 
bombard him with anything you want to talk about and almost nothing sticks. And I think that was one of those things. The funny thing is the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire's Twitter because he was really critical of our messaging, especially over the McCain tweet. There was this huge blow up with the whole Tim cast crew over it. And I brought mm. up the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire Twitter like two or three times and he didn't bite. Didn't, so didn't bite. There's, yeah. a, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff he didn't really jump at. So Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it's his show, so he can kind of do yeah. what, what he wants to. Although, uh, isn't your former roommate now his co-host? Uh, former, oh yeah, yeah. Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah Phil. he is. Yeah, that was kind of wild actually because... I was living with Phil last year mm -hmm. till uh, November, and then I was down there with him in the studio. He was actually in the studio that night, so that broke the ice and made it a lot easier. Sure. And yeah, he's he's got an apartment down there. He's still New Hampshire resident, but he spends a lot of time down there in West Virginia and mm. is a co-host, so that's kind of cool. I mean, um, was it awkward other than that? Because you said broke the ice. Like, was it awkward before then? No, but it, it's just like the biggest show i'd ever been on i think mm -hmm. i mean yeah. i've been on fox news but that's a lot different this was like mm -hmm. being flown out to a location uh the the staff was very nice and mm -hmm. tim was fine i actually i i i don't have any i think tim is like kind of boring and i don't really find interest in the topics he likes discussing yeah. but as far as he goes as a person like i don't really have any beef with him i mean he i was pushing back on him pretty hard and he didn't get you know, emotional. Didn't about take it, it personal. Yeah, yeah. So. The thing about uh, the reason I asked if it was awkward beforehand is because we have a friend here in New Hampshire. I'm not sure if Reed knows him, but he's a really funny guy. Like, he makes me laugh all the time. He is so weird and funny. And he went with Luke one time, Luke Grudowski, down oh, there. Oh, yeah, Colin. And he got, <laughs> I didn't want to say his name, but he got kicked out just for making a joke. He he said, "Well, I don't know oh, if I really? can say it on the radio." He made a joke about um, self pleasuring. I think is what you can say on the radio. You can't really get more. Yeah, more but graphic, it wasn't that right? bad. It was like, "Hey, can we self pleasure in here?" As a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was an obvious joke. And I guess you know these are conservatives, right? On this on this show, and, and it wasn't just like, "Hey, man, that's not cool." They kicked him out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I uh, I didn't make any jokes like that. I did. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I just tried to I tried to think of who my audience was going to be and what type of red pills I could drop on mm -hmm. them. And so he was really going at the how great Trump was. And, mm -hmm. you know, I could have been like, well, Trump didn't legalize weed, but nobody who's a Republican who's watching is really going to care Not about that. Issue. So I was yeah. like, all right, I can go at Trump for, you know, spending trillions of dollars and you know, not reigning in the federal government, like you said he was going to. Sure, pimping the vaccination, et cetera. And there's plenty yeah, of things. Yeah. yeah, I think you did. Uh, I, I think given the circumstances, you did the best uh, that you could do. Now, like, I mean, what's sort of the behind the scenes on this uh, show, you said they paid for you to fly down there. I presume mm -hmm. they put you up in a hotel or something like that as well. Yep, yep. How big's the staff uh, that he's got there? Seems like a big operation. Yeah, I don't know how many people he has working for him, but we met like I don't know, probably almost ten. Wow, probably like eight, eight people there, something like that. Wow. Um, I was just and then he has out. more people writing and stuff too. Oh well, Reed isn't on the camera; like it's oh. switching, but it's not showing. No, he's Reed. on there. Yeah, no, it's not popping him up. He's on. He's on there. He's in a window. Oh, he's, he's a little. A, he's window. in a window. He's on it. every frame. Oh, I so, see yeah. now. Reed is, Reed, Reed is on our video feed tonight. Uh, if you want to watch it, you can go to video.freetalklive.com. 
and follow us there. So uh, kudos to you. Did you notice there was like any kind of bump? Was there like a, a Tim Pool bump on uh, your Twitter feed, which you just had restored that yeah. same day, basically? At, you are, by the way, at Reed Coverdale. Yeah, it the, was pretty amazing. Yeah, good timing on that one. Yeah, yeah. the original, I got banned in, uh, I, I got banned in what, October of 2021. And then as I was getting picked up from the airport, um, flying into Washington, D.C., about an hour away from the location. Uh, I opened up my ban evading account, and someone had messaged me saying, I think your original account is back, and it was. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell because I got a big boost just from coming back anyway. Right. Like, hmm. you know, I think that probably would have, because everyone's retweeting, like, oh, my God, he's back. Um, but then, yeah, I think that probably helped my Twitter following i don't think his audience liked me <laughs> which is fine you oh, know yeah but, yeah i remember seeing somebody um, anyone, was, was the, a trump loving guy that <laughs> yeah. hated him yeah they, they kept <laughs> calling you uh they, they kept referencing the shirt you were flannel wearing. guy yeah. yeah flannel guy yeah yeah <laughs> i'm wearing it right now actually um I, I think this has to become a thing now you know how tim always has the beanie and uh-huh. like Nick Gillespie's always got a leather jacket on. Like maybe I've just got to do flannel. a flannel. It's not going to be fun in the summer. But um, <laughs> <laughs> do they make but, flannel uh, t-shirts? They got to make flannel t-shirts. Oh yeah, sure thing, they right? do. But even then, the um, materials like soft winter material. Yeah. yeah, true. I got one. The guy you guys are talking about. He paid like three or four hundred dollars in super chats just to tell Tim to tell me I was wrong <laughs> and to not have me back on the show. Wow. And I. I live for that type of stuff. Like I know you guys know, I uh, I like to cause chaos on social media and stuff. <laughs> so seeing people, you know, Rile furious at my takes, yeah. it, it, it makes me feel good. The one so. that Tim Pool got furious about is the most ridiculous one to me. Well, he is a conservative, so maybe I should expect it. But it's more ridiculous to me that libertarians got mad about making fun of Meghan McCain crying over John McCain's yeah. casket. Like if you're a libertarian. Maybe you don't have to think it's funny, but getting personally offended about it is crazy. Like, these are murderers. Well, at least he's a murderer. She's, you know, a Nepo She's baby. She's the unapologetic daughter of a murderer. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it, would be one thing, it. it would be one thing if Meghan McCain was saying, I don't want anything to do with my father. He is terrible. You know, he's a ter- terrible human being, and I just happen to be birthed by him. You know, like, that's that's it. I'm disconnecting from him. Then it would Then it wouldn't make much sense. Uh, to make fun of her, but she is a total arch conservative. I mean, she's a warmonger. Yeah, or if she was not even necessarily decrying him, but just a waitress or something, and yeah. wasn't like you know perpetuating his worldview, uh, you know, to mainstream America through the View or whatever. Right. Um. I I honestly don't know how much Tim actually really cared about that because he didn't seem to. I, I know Lydia, who doesn't work for him anymore, she was the one who was really really upset about it. Mm-hmm. I think it might have bled over to the other people. They were just outraged by adjacency, <laughs> so he didn't really seem to care. Because I tried to really get into that, but he didn't bite. He said something like, "This is too far," and that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't far enough. In my and um. <laughs> On President's Day, I don't know if you did this one, Reed, but somebody... It wasn't me, but it was great. Oh, so on President's Day this year, so like a couple weeks ago, they put, um, we may not support every president, but we can appreciate the way some of them went out and put all the presidents who got assassinated. (laughs) That's good stuff. Yeah, it is. And there were libertarians pissed about that one, too. It's just like... Oh, (laughs) boo-hoo. 
You know, there's uh, there are libertarians right now who are making a big deal about be, being against secession as well. I mean, there's just so many quote unquote libertarians out there. But the good news is, I think most of the people who are upset about these things, they're not here in New Hampshire. I mean, did you get that right. impression at all, Reed? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're actually doing a good job of deterring people right. who aren't serious or aren't radical about coming here. Um, you know, I mean, if you are just a, a boomer con. I don't really understand what net benefit you add by being here. You know, that's not the type of person I want to move here. Um, so I, I think we, uh, the message we're sending out is very stark and very clear mm-hmm. about the type of person we want to attract. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think most of these anti-secession people, I don't think they are in New Hampshire. I mean, I think no. that's like. Almost all Beltway libertarians in Washington, D.C. are Los Angeles. Wherever it is that they are, I mean, they're they're internet libertarians, and they feel like they're doing something by simply posting online, and the reality is they're never going to get anywhere, and the ones that are serious are going to come here, and the ones that are not serious uh, should move to Florida or wherever, because, you know, they just can't handle the cold or whatever the deal is. The I mean, stupidest part is the reason that most of them oppose secession is, from what I've seen, they'll say, well, my local government's bad. I don't want them getting more powerful. I mean, even if they get did get a little more powerful Since than when they has the are federal government... now, <laughs> but yeah, getting rid of the federal government is a net positive. Yeah. Idiots. Since when has the federal government like stopped local governments from seizing more power? That's I mean, a good point. if they wanted more power now, they could probably just do it with the federal government's help. Right. Like it's not like the federal government has gone in and forced uh, Chicago or New York City from restricting gun ownership. You know, in any meaningful sense, I know there was some Supreme Court ruling in in that area within recent yeah. recent. But I'm pretty sure New York, New York is think, just yeah. ignoring the Supreme Court. Yes, the, New York has basically pushed back and said, "Well, yeah, what are you going to do? We're you know we're going to do what we want, and what are yeah. they going to do?" My favorite take on secession. I'm being sarcastic here. Is the people who are against secession in the United States, but they're willing to start World War III with China over Taiwan being independent <laughs> right the but they're also against uh the secession of the donbass as well so they are in well, favor yeah. of taiwan being uh it's in- independent but not the people of uh the donbass the that russian is... speaking people of the donbass right. yeah yeah well you see any state in the united states being independent and uh crimea or the donbass being independent from ukraine uh that doesn't help the u.s empire while taiwan being independent from china that would help the u.s empire so that's the only reason <laughs> that that is popular and a lot of people are i i don't know if they're dumb or they just don't you know step back and look at what they're doing but when they're parroting all these talking points that they always are they don't realize they're just carrying the water for the u.s empire all the mm-hmm. time and it's like why do you have such a strong opinion about what's going on in, on in taiwan like, did you know anything about Taiwan before a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> you know, or the same with Ukraine. Like, did you know anything about Ukraine before Putin moved troops in last year? Like, probably not. But they're just told that they have to care about this so much. Oh, so that's they what they said do. on NPR. I, so I say it all the time. When I was a kid, at least, or at least like in middle and high school, you know, sometimes the subject will come up like, I'm half Cherokee and this. I'm Irish. What are you? And anytime I said I was Ukrainian, people would be like, what is that? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I've never heard so much talk of it until now. I'm only like, you know, like my great grandma was from Ukraine. But people would ask me, like, is that white? 
What is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So I know you wanted to talk about some of those things here tonight. So is there uh, some recent developments in regards to Taiwan, uh, Reed, that you've been paying attention to? Yeah, well, the thing is, we I mean, we've got the, the USS Nimitz over, I think it's in the South China Sea right now. And we've had, I, I remember seeing... What is that, an was, aircraft carrier or a battleship or something? I think it's an aircraft carrier. Okay. Uh, I'll have to double check that. But um, there were reports that were, this this article was going around on Twitter about how a Chinese airplane came close to uh i forget if it was an american airplane or an american ship in the south china sea and that this was like such a you know crazy debacle that china would do this it's like wait 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 a second where was this happening this was happening in the, the south, south china, china sea, sea. it's <laughs> their airspace and, right? yeah and we're like upset that they're flying their airplanes near us like i mean i just can't imagine if, or i can't imagine actually if the shoe were on the other foot and, you know, they were like sailing warships between Cuba and Florida or something. And then we sent airplanes over near them to f- see what they were doing and they would freak out at us. I mean, like, come on, this just doesn't make any sense. It's so it's so stupid and irrational. And of course they have, you know, of course, the Chinese are going to be worried that we're we're starting unprecedented arms sales to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. I think we're we've approved. 10 billion over the course of four years. When did that the start? Most, that's, they proved that, I think, a couple months ago now. Wait, they're selling was, Taiwan arms instead of just giving it to them? Like, uh, I think they're Ukraine? giving it to them, like arms oh, sales. Okay. So, okay. Like, yeah. The, U- the U.S. government buys, or the taxpayer buys the weapons and then gives them I see. Okay. to Taiwan. But so, I think like, with, like with Ukraine, they're just getting yeah, billions yeah, of dollars worth thing. of weaponry. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, why wouldn't you expect China to react in the way that they're reacting? I mean, so many right-wingers are, you know, correctly realizing that the whole thing going on in Ukraine was provoked by the United States and that, of course, Russia would be upset about it. But then you have the same exact thing going on with Taiwan and China, and they just out to lunch. They don't get it. It's like, yeah, but communism bad and China bad. And it's like, okay, but how does that change the scenario? Like any government that you're doing that to is going to react that way. What do you expect? It, it's it's not about whether you like China or you like the CCP or you want Taiwan to be part of China. Or, mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't care about any of that. Like it, it has nothing to do with me, but why should we be provoking them to start a war with us over something that has nothing to do with us it's on the other side of the world? It's just, it just it's insane. Uh, and then you got this guy, Vivek, what's his last name? Sarwam- Sarwami. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's it. I think Sarawami? it's a longer, I think it's a longer last name, but this character is, uh, is running for president apparently as a Republican. And he showed up in New Hampshire several days ago, went to some free stater, uh, event or to Murphy's Tap Room or something, and a bunch of free staters went there, and and there's just there's been a, a shocking amount of uh, yeah I don't know what the I'm not going to use I don't think salivating is the right word, but there's like a lot of people who are all excited about this character showing up and just doing what every politician does. Oh my god, I mean, he gave a speech and I got to be there. Right. Don Don Bolduck did the exact same thing last year where he showed up at Free Stater events and tried to persuade people and did successfully persuade people, like people who should have known better, 
uh, yep. to to support him instead of supporting the libertarian Jeremy Kaufman in that particular race. And, and now he's uh, campaigning for Nikki Haley, which is kind of funny. Not surprising. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, this this guy is a, you know, Bolduck is an arch conservative. He's not a libertarian at all. But these are politicians and they're they're slimy snake people. They know their audience and they construct their words very carefully to try to pander uh, to that particular audience. And, so, and it's not like he's just like a mostly good New Hampshire conservative. He wants to start a war with the cartels in Mexico. Well, right. He's got two foreign uh, foreign policy viewpoints that he's he's pushing, this Vivek guy. And one of them is to like completely, I don't think he wants to invade China, but he wants to like somehow shut down any kind of trade or somehow punish uh, China I, I, I'm not really clear on what exactly he's proposing, but China last, bad. I think his last name is Ramaswamzi. That's probably it. Something like that. Uh, China bad. And then the, his number two foreign policy priority is to literally have the U.S. military invade and drop bombs on the drug cartels in Mexico. Oh, great. I mean, so this guy is like psychopath level, crazy drug warrior. And yet, like, libertarians are, are taking photo ops. With a guy, like wake up. So what? What about him is attracting libertarians? There's got to be some policy well, position he has. That's I know exactly popular. what it is. It's yeah. the fact that he is going against wokeism, and like yeah, seriously, that is not the most important thing. I get that it's some people's whole entire thing, but it's not the most important thing. Like wokeism, I think, um, not trying to bomb the cartel which is going to backfire and americans will die in terrible ways if we try to declare war against the cartel anyone who's known anyone from mexico or just anyone who's lived in texas for a long period of time will know that it will be really messed up to go to war against the cartel the mexican government tried to do it on their own soil and it backfired terribly and the mexican people hate that president that did that because so many innocent people died yeah um the the thing with wokeism is it, it it's almost like a, a cloak for uh, passing. Uh, we'll stop talking. About no, let's talk about that. Hang on, we'll come back to uh, wokeism. Your thoughts are also welcome. Uh, plus, an update on what's going on in Ukraine with billions more being delivered in taxpayer dollars over there. Uh, so I know we got all that to talk about tonight. Plus, Reed is only with us here for the first hour of the show. So if you want to talk to Reed, you can also call in as well at 603-283-6160. We got more coming up, and you can join the show here. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.
Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Reed Coverdale in the studio or out of the studio, depending. Uh, tonight, you can join us again online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features we have there. And I want to say thanks to Will Miller, who's a Free Talk Live Silver supporter of our AMPS program. If you like what we do, you can support us for as little as 5 bucks a month on our Patreon, which you can access by going to amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support, amps.freetalklive.com. Dot com. You can get signed up there as Will has done, and you get some uh, perks like access to the AMP-only podcast, which has the full radio show without any recorded ads. And there's more. You can learn about all of uh, the benefits you get over at amps.freetalklive.com. We certainly appreciate the support. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Reed joining us remotely here tonight. He's the host of Naturalist Capitalist, which is his podcast. What's which doesn't the- mean he's a nudist. Right. That we know. I guess confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, do, where do people go to get your podcast, Reed? What's the easiest way to do it? Uh, yeah, well, I'm on YouTube still. I lost the channel, but got it back. Uh, I'm also oh, on wow. Rumble and um, Odyssey and then on all the audio streaming platforms as well. Okay, good to know. Uh, Odyssey is probably the best place because that's where we're at. That's definitely the best place for freedom-loving people to be, in my opinion. And uh, we're, of course, going to keep you up to date with the Odyssey SEC situation as that develops. But, Reed, you were just about to say something about these Republicans who are, in every way, total arch conservatives, total arch status. They want to see war with China. Uh, they may be against war with Ukraine but uh, or war with Russia, but they're still in favor of you know doing something terrible to, uh, to China, etc., and uh, and then uh, this other guy Vivek Ramaswamy, who is v- running for president, he has is, something to say about wokeism. See, I know I'm, I'm yeah. setting it back up here. So, uh, and this Vivek guy wants to literally go to war with the drug cartels in Mexico and and drop bombs on human beings down there. And and yet, some people say, oh well, he's good on wokeism and he wants to stop the uh, what's the thing that they do in the classrooms? It's like the Critical race theory? Yeah, thank you. Critical. Oh, he wants to stop critical race theory or ESG, and so therefore, you know, oh, he's he's not the worst of evils. Anyway, you were going to comment on uh, on wokeism, Reed. Yeah, so I don't like wokeism, but I think wokeism is uh, it's a it's a it's a double edged sword. So, did you ever see the woke CIA ad a couple years ago? That I mean, it looked like a parody. It was such a joke. So basically. Wokeism with the left, it dupes them into supporting extremely anti-progressive measures, right? Like it'll it'll dupe them into supporting keeping the army in Afghanistan to protect women's rights or something like mm. that. Like they'll get sold on a bill of goods that has nothing to do with what they claim to hold dear, but it's cloaked in some sort of progressive uh, language. Mm. And so they'll go so along they'll with it. it. Uh, the reverse is also true. Like people can be anti woke and then stand against everything that you claim to represent, you know, claim to represent as like a, a small government conservative, like some guy like DeSantis can be, you know, against, uh, you know, indoctrinating your kids in classrooms, but then he's this absolutely 
awful warmongering lunatic who lots of people who claim to support small government and free speech, like that's a big thing that they claim to support. And he's like one of the biggest proponents of anti-BDS laws, uh, making it illegal to criticize Israel or, you know, I mean, so. Here's a perfect example. Since you brought up DeSantis, he just, I think it was today or yesterday, signed off on the government takeover of the Disney property there in Mm -hmm. Florida. And that shouldn't we be against that on the same grounds as Russia invading Ukraine? Well, we should be against it on the grounds, at the very least, of freedom, uh, you know, freedom to do business, right? No, like, I agree with that, but I'm just saying, shouldn't the people who are, like, pro-Ukraine be up in arms because they're taking over? Disney wants self-governance. Disney, <laughs> Disney is for democracy. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, is, like, because DeSantis is attacking Disney because he's, quote-unquote, anti-woke. Like, he's pandering... Mm-hmm to the anti-woke conservatives by saying, well, Disney's bad. They're trying to shove gayness down uh, people's throats. And so therefore, we're going to take we're going to take away their uh, their freedom to run their business that they've had there for roughly 60 years. They essentially have like a an area of uh, two different counties that was carved out and they had the ability to govern that themselves. They took care of the sewer. They took care of the fire department. They took care of the whole thing. And they didn't have to pay taxes as a result of that, but they were completely self-governing. So if yeah. indeed these conservatives are small government and pro-business, they should be upset at DeSantis for doing what he did, which is essentially stripping all of that away from Disney, now forcing them to resume paying taxes, putting the government in the, the Florida government in charge of the property again. Not even the counties, from what I understand. DeSantis himself is apparently appointing people to the board of directors that runs this particular area. So it's it's even What's more next, top South down. Georgia. It's even more top down uh, controlled than it than it has ever been. And so, I mean, this is like the complete opposite of any kind of small government principles. But it's all okay because Disney is woke. So it's it's a perfect yeah. example of that. Yeah, I think um, I, I wrote a piece about DeSantis a few months ago, and I, I call him the rights Obama. And my reasoning for that is I think he was sort – he definitely wasn't perfect on it. He made a lot of <laughs> big mistakes, but he was like one of the biggest – national figures who came out against the the way things were going with covid right like he he was one of the most public yes eventually um just like obama was with the iraq war like he was the only candidate running in the democratic party who was against the iraq war and was Mm -hmm. who didn't uh you know who thought it was a mistake when it happened whatever but you could look at obama back then at you know his junior seen uh his junior senator voting record and the rest of his ideology and realize like wow this guy sucks like maybe he was right about this one thing yep. but he's horrible on a whole lot of other stuff and people would just ignore it because they're like no 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 he he was you know this is the most important thing going on and he was good on it and he was charismatic um, is what i heard all the time i sure. remember the first moment i yeah. ever heard of obama on fox news and everybody was like charismatic 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 good speaker yeah, and it's very similar with DeSantis. DeSantis was, you know, he he distinguished himself on one not it's not that the issue wasn't important or anything, but it was one issue and he's awful on so many other things. Mm-hmm. And that one issue that he was good on kind of isn't as important anymore. <laughs> like it was sure. really important 2 years ago, but now it's like, hey, that stuff is kind of like going away now. So, I mean, do we really want someone who's very anti-first amendment in just all sorts mm-hmm. of different ways? Um 
you know, I don't really care if he's governor of Florida. I don't live in Florida, but I, he put out an ad the other day that was very uh, presidential. Um, I am going to be shocked if he doesn't run for president. And I got so many issues with Trump. If anyone saw my uh, Tim cast appearance, I went right up uh, one side of him and down the other, but I would take Trump a thousand times over DeSantis. DeSantis is just like, George W. Bush reincarnate, yeah, uh, but more eloquent, so more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure uh, Jeb Bush just endorsed him. Recently. He did. I guess yep. saw that too. Uh, you mentioned restricting free speech. I've actually had it in my show prep for a few weeks now. According to, I think this is the New York Times. Let me just double check. Yes, this is the New York Times reporting that DeSantis is the latest figure and among the most influential to join a growing list of Republicans calling on uh, the Supreme Court to revisit the 1964 Supreme Court decision known as the New York Times versus Sullivan. The decision sets a higher bar for defamation lawsuits involving public figures, and for years it was viewed as sacrosanct. That standard has empowered journalists to investigate and criticize public figures without fear that an unintentional error will result in crippling financial penalties. So if you're not familiar, uh, there's certain laws out there, libel laws, that say that you can't say bad things about uh, people that you know aren't true. And when it comes to public figures, there's more room to kind of um, maneuver in that area. So somebody who's not a public figure can argue that they can, you know, they've had their uh, reputation ruined by things that were said in the media, and that may have not have been true about them. And they have a le- they have a right to sue on that. If you're a public figure, you don't have as much uh, as much freedom to make those uh, those claims. And so this lawsuit or this particular case, I believe, was involved in that. So emboldened by the Supreme Court's recent willingness to overturn longstanding precedent, conservative lawyers, judges, legal scholars, and politicians have been leading a charge to review the decision and either narrow it or overturn it entirely. DeSantis, possible Republican presidential candidate, put the effort at the center of his war against the mainstream media. He said at an event where they were discussing this case, quote, how did it get to be this doctrine that has had really profound effects on society? The event featured two libel lawyers known for suing news organizations and a conservative scholar who recently published an essay titled Overturn New York Times versus Sullivan. I'm, I'm a little confused. What side is DeSantis on? He wants to make it suable if you say bad things about him? Basically, that's hmm. what it sounds like here. Uh, under Sullivan, public figures who sue for defamation must show not only that a report contained false and damaging information, but that the publisher acted with quote-unquote actual malice, unquote, by knowing that the report was false or by recklessly disregarding the truth. The press- so that's not already illegal if someone like, if you can prove that someone knew something was false and published it anyway? Well, that would, yeah, whether that would be actual malice, uh, that may be an argument that you could make. But if you just, if you're running a newspaper and somebody writes a letter to the editor saying DeSantis rapes children and then you publish that, uh, then you could claim that it wasn't your, uh, you know, it wasn't your story. I don't know. There may be a way out of that. But for a uh, for a person who is not a public figure, if you make that claim about them publicly, then they can sue and they don't have to prove 
the same things that a public figure does. So this be- law is going to make yeah. Kim Kardashian way richer every time somebody calls her a whore. <laughs> Good point. So the precedent not only applies to mainstream media organizations, but also individuals, companies, partisan websites, and podcasters that could face far greater exposure to defamation lawsuits if the standard of proof were lowered. So, for instance, Bonnie, your post on Twitter yesterday that Joe Biden is a fag yes. may actually violate uh, this particular because they, they took your account down for seven days, apparently, or, or yes, froze you if, out. If anyone didn't, wasn't listening yesterday, I was, uh, well, it's like frozen for seven days yeah. i can view twitter i just can't like anything so there's no point you can't comment can't you can't post tweet. yeah um but all i said was shut up fag to an openly straight man an openly straight <laughs> old man and it's like obviously i didn't mean that with intention of insulting gay people because i was talking to an openly straight pe- person if you make it to where anytime anyone says fag to a straight person that, well, that's offensive to gay people. You're offending gay people. You're calling all gay people fags. I also think uh, the word faggot is not. Uh, I don't think that people take that as a sexual orientation, uh, you know, uh, description or something like that's an obvious exactly. derogatory term that's been around for a long time. So. Like for a long time now, gay people have basically taken that back. Gay people will be like, I'm gay, but I'm not a faggot. Ha ha ha. Mm. That's like a common joke. Like, Well, gay guys like to call each other fag, right? That's a thing. Well, There's the term fag hag as well. They'll refer to their girlfriends as That's even old. Fag, hag. That's just offensive to people like me who have gay friends and aren't ugly. Because fag hag came from like in the 80s or something. The only person who'd be friends with the gay guy were like the ugly fat girls. Is that where that came from? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that's what that But the point here, Bonnie, is that that statement from you on Twitter could be something that if this law was overturned, Joe Biden could possibly sue you (laughs) for calling him a fag in public. And I think I'd bring the pictures of him and Zelensky in to court for my evidence. This is a thing that the uh, the Republicans don't I don't think they realize it. While on one hand, they think they're going to protect themselves. Also, if you've ever listened to any kind of like Republic, I mean, I don't listen to them much, but I remember hearing the Rush Limbaugh show back in the day. They love to call the other side names. Republicans love to uh, make fun of the Democrats for various different things. And so they're going to have that stripped from them if they are able to overturn this uh, this set of standards. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine after the last few years of like all the censorship that's taken place, all the control of information that has happened. Mostly from the left, I can't imagine being a conservative and thinking, "Hey, you know what's a great idea? Let's make it so that the government has more control over what people can say." Basically, we can sue the socks off of somebody if they say something that we interpret as being malicious. But I mean, there's no way that could be used to silence us. (laughs) Right? They just can't see it. Uh, DeSantis at this panel discussion accused the press of using the Sullivan case as a shield to intentionally quote smear politicians and said the precedent discouraged people from running for office. With the current Supreme Court, he asked the panelists be receptive to visit revisiting the case. But I think it's like when what Reid said. Basically, if DeSantis comes out in support of this bill. Republicans will ignore everything just to support this bill because DeSantis said it. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It's because, well, yeah. DeSantis was good on masks. People will yeah. do whatever this guy wants. Um, Donald Trump, who like who talked of changing libel laws as president, raised the same question in a court filing in December. 
the motion part of a defamation suit that Trump filed against CNN, asked whether the high court, quote, should reconsider whether Sullivan's standard truly protects the democratic values embodied by the First Amendment, unquote. His lawyers called the lawsuit, which accuses the network of unfairly comparing Trump to Adolf Hitler and seeks $475 million in damages, a perfect vehicle for re- revisiting the precedent. Well, he should be con- um he should be compared to Adolf Hitler because of his vaccine pushing and <laughs> stuff like that. Well, and this just goes to show Gun the uh, you know these Republicans are just as snowflakeish as the very liberals that they always love to accuse of being snowflakes. I mean, it's certainly true. Leftists are are snowflakes, no doubt. But here's Republicans saying they can't handle a simple comparison to Hitler or some other kind of insulting uh, jab that's uh, shot at them in some sort of form of media. It's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, I the thing is, like, I, I mean, the media does suck and they do lie all the time. But I don't think putting stipulations like this on them is going to help the public distrust them more. If anything, it's going to bolster the public's faith in what's being said, because now the government is kind of holding them accountable. And, you know, now um, they can get in trouble for saying things that aren't true, where mm. right now when it's kind of open season, People have very little faith in Fox News or CNN. Or I mean, they know a lot of people know that everything they're hearing is just BS. That's true. So. Yeah, the media has lost a lot of credibility uh, with people. And of course, the answer is, as libertarians, we know the answer to bad speech is more speech. Is to get right. you know get the alternative view out there on your own media if you need to. Another example, defamation suit was filed by Sarah Palin. You remember her, the former governor of Alaska against the New York Remember Times. when she was like the dumbest person in politics? Wasn't that a good time? Yeah. <laughs> Just keeps getting dumber. Yeah. Uh, she was once seen, or it was once seen, as a potential test of the actual malice standard first set by Sullivan. But a jury rejected her claim after a trial early last year, and a judge denied her bid for a second trial. That case is on appeal. I guess I didn't say what it was about. It's not clear whether the court is ready to revisit Sullivan. Uh, anyway, this story goes goes on and on and on. But so DeSantis is one of the guys who's pushing this thing being overturned. He, of course, also is an arch police statist. He's never seen, uh, you know, pro police, pro cop. Uh, you know, increase the budgets, increase the increase the bureaucracy, uh, bureaucracy kind of bill that that he didn't support. So. Anyway, all that aside, uh, Reed, I know you've been paying attention to Ukraine, and there's what another ten billion on tap from uh, U.S. taxpayers. Another ten billion. I had Scott Ritter on my show a couple weeks ago, and he's so I don't know how accurate this is, but this is what he said, and he is a you know a pretty good source. He said that there have been roughly seven hundred thousand Ukrainian casualties and eighty thousand Russian casualties since the war started. Seven hundred thousand Ukrainian and eighty thousand Russian. That's what he said. Wow. Um, and I don't know if that's accurate, but if it is, who knows? That's a meat grinder. It's I certainly mean, not what the mainstream media is going to no. tell you. Hey, isn't it true that Kiev is like surrounded by Russians right now? Kiev? I don't think Kiev is surrounded. I saw um, something about that on Twitter. It must have been fake news or something. But I, I was, haven't heard it. I was, I was, was on RT out. today, and I didn't see anything about that. I didn't hear about that. I was kind of creeped out because I was like, that makes it seem like, I don't know, America's about to get involved. And my mom creeped me out today because she said, Zelensky said in a speech that we're going to have to send our sons and daughters over there that to fight for Ukraine. Ukraine. 
Yeah, he did say like, I mean, I think it was along the lines of if this gets into being a broader war, then you are going to have to send your sons and daughters to fight over here and die. And so we need to do everything we can to you know, destroy Russia so that doesn't happen right now, basically. Why yeah, do we the, need to? Um, That's the, that. The we clip don't. is getting shared around social media, and the first thing I thought of, well, is it's a translation, so are they actually translating it accurately? And I, I you right. know, I looked into it a little bit, and the quote-unquote fact-check people are are saying, oh, well, it's being taken out of context. As you pointed out, Reed, the actual question was about a wider conflict involving NATO and Russia, and that's what he was answering. But he did say the things that they're saying that he said. So, like, the translation yeah. apparently was accurate. Those Literally words, your sons and daughters? Yeah, the words about the U.S. Uh, government or the, the people of the United States, their sons and daughters having to go into this fight were said by him, but it was on, in regards to... Uh, NATO versus Russia but it wasn't him saying that you know that couldn't happen or that he wasn't expecting that to happen it was it sounded like he was predicting that that it would would be inevitable uh, and and I think they said something recently I, I saw a headline I didn't look at the story but the claim was that NATO is kind of allowing Ukraine in now or something yeah, like that have you I seen that? that yeah I don't know like how official that is but it was um the prime minister of Finland and I forget who the other guy up on the stage was, but they were basically saying that, yeah, the long term plan is to allow Ukraine to join NATO, which a few weeks ago, that was a Russian talking point. If you said that Ukraine was ever even considering joining NATO and now it's like, okay, well, this seems to be the plan. Um, But I mean, my biggest takeaway from this is if you say you care about Ukrainians, then you don't want this war to keep going. I mean, right. even if those figures that Scott Ritter said weren't completely accurate, like there have been thousands and thousands of Ukrainians who have just been slaughtered mm-hmm. over this war. That's really NATO's fault. You know, the United States and NATO have, they, they pushed Russia to react in the way that they did. Um, so you can wave your little Ukraine flag and you can, you know, say that, you care about people over there, but if you are just like continuing to push for this to go on, then you don't care. You're just, you know, you're just putting well, them through. Meat yeah, well, the official position from uh, the West and Ukraine is that uh, they are not going to talk about peace. I mean, Russia has, as right. I understand it, wanted to have uh, peace talks, which I'm sure would involve respecting the Donbass and their independence and allowing them to join Russia. And But instead, you've got them continuing to saber rattle and and then you had uh, Putin just, I think, last week give a speech, like a two-hour-long speech. It was, a, I think, basically their equivalent of the State of the Union over there, where he said, if long-range missile, uh, missile systems keep getting moved into Ukraine, the longer the range of the missile system, the further we're going to have to, to start pushing into Ukraine in order to make sure that these systems can't reach Russia. And right. so essentially, essentially Putin's saying, look, we would have been fine with just taking over the eastern portion of Ukraine. But if you guys are going to be threatening us with long range missiles, we're going to have to keep expanding this war. So yep. that's pretty awful. Yeah. You know, when you point out these obvious truths, a lot of people will say, why are you taking you know Russia's side or why are you taking China's side? It's like if you have a friend who's just eaten so much fast food and they've just become 
grotesquely obese and they're in a hospital bed dying from being unhealthy and you go in there and you tell them hey man you know it's time to lay off the fast food and they're just like are you taking the fast food side <laughs> like no i'm just telling you why this is happening you know i'm trying to right. tell you like but i mean it's always the same it's this, it was the same with the iraq war we were terrorist sympathizers for pointing out you know why we got attacked or so i mean it's just the same it's the same old playbook but every time people are surprised and you know why, why would they say that about me it's like well that's just the typical smear and then of course you got the the seymour Hearst story that came out i don't think you've been on the show since that that bombshell dropped on the nord stream pipeline explosion which uh, i'm subscribing to his Substack now so anything that hirsch puts out i definitely want to find out about it reed thanks for well, reed, uh, i just wanted to say uh 9-11 was an inside job i don't completely disagree so <laughs> all right out of time for tonight reed thanks for joining us he's the host of naturalist capitalist you'll find him on odyssey just type that into the search and you'll pull him up there and we'll see you when we see you sooner probably rather than later all right man thank thanks, you reed. have a good night there's more coming up here we got time for you on free talk live free talk live is free talk live whatever you want to talk about the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 here tonight it's ian and you can join us online just head over to freetalklive.com sometimes i don't think that they can hear what i say over the rock music well yeah you are a dainty little thing sometimes it can be hard to hear you i thought that my mic wasn't on I just turned you up a little bit. Uh, all right, so we uh, do have Ricky on the line in Pennsylvania to start things out here this hour, and then coming up, various different things in the news. I know you wanted to talk about super hogs or something, Bonnie? Super intelligent, invincible hogs taking oh. over America. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, but Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you there, brother and sister Bonnie. What's on your mind oh, tonight? Well, just a brief comment to what Sister Bonnie said before I go into about libertarians having a problem with with secession because of their bad government. Well, here's what it comes down to, Ian. If their government's that bad, they could try to reform it. Good luck with that. But I have a better suggestion for them. They should consider moving to somewhere like New Hampshire or Pennsylvania where secession is very possible. Just a dumb observation, you know. But so wait, who, who should move to the people that I was referencing who say, oh, we can't have secession because my local government is so bad. I don't want them getting more power over me. No, I don't want those people moving to New Hampshire. Yeah, I don't, either. Yeah, I don't want to move into PA either. Ian, well, why would you invite them? Here? <laughs> Didn't you just invite okay, them? That was probably stupid observation. But under okay. my topic, I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead. All right. Oh, well. They can stay where they're at. Yeah, please. But the cigarette tax. Now, that's a fact. I'm blowing a fag right now. You know, and with that mean, oh my yeah, goodness. That, wow. Oh, my. Isn't that terrible? In the UK, that slang. You for get bl- you'd for get banned for uh, from Twitter for saying that. For smoking a cigarette. That's why I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. That slang in the UK. It is funny. But anyway, the cigarette. Slang in the UK for smoking a cigarette is blowing, blowing a, a fag. fag. Yeah. All right. No doubt. All right. But the cigarette tax. Now, I am a chain smoker, and I avoid that generally because I roll my own. But here's the thing. When I do go out. I will occasionally buy a pack of cigarettes. And what do I prefer? Camel non-filter because I smoke tobacco without a cigarette. Now, they're about $13 and change right now. Wow. Now, with that comes down, yeah, it's pretty bad. But here's the problem. That, that ain't the problem. The problem is the tax. 
There's two taxes on that. Mm-hmm. Tax number one is PA sales tax. Nobody likes to pay taxes, but I can live with that one, you know, Ian. But oh, then you have, to. The, yeah, well, here's the big problem. Well, that does go to PA, you know, but here's the big problem. That's bad. Well, but even, but yeah, but here's what's worse. The cigarette tax. Get this one. That's a 60% tax. And here's how this well, works. By whom? I'm getting to that. Okay. 30% goes to PA, to the Commonwealth. Mm. Okay. But you know where 30% of it goes? Uh, the city? The federal government. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, and this gets even better. Because, one, you can't sell cigarettes across state lines, but you can give the money away. And you know what's even better than that? What do you mean uh, you can't sell cigarettes across state lines? You mean retail? Yeah. Basically, if you get cigarettes in one place, you can't move them to another and sell them. That can't be true. Uh, well, okay, yeah. If you're going to resell them, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So here's another thing. Uh What's really interesting is I I am amazed by this because I heard just a couple months ago for things that really not make sense about this. Now, they're getting 30% for doing nothing. They're entitled to nothing. It's not even sold to them or by them. Mm -hmm. But here, I heard about three months ago, get this one, the federal government says that they're going to cut down smoking by 50% by 2025. What the hell kind of sense is that? I don't know, that but there was something in the news recently that is related to this discussion out of California. I think I've got the story here. Uh, the Sacramento Bee reporting that there's a bill in California. Now, it is just a bill, but it's California, so it wouldn't surprise me if this bill actually goes through. I believe it was California that led the way. Uh, in indoor smoking bans back in, what was it, the the late 1990s. Uh, yeah, in fact, it does say this here right in the front, uh, front paragraph. In the 90s, it was the first in the nation ban on smoking in most indoor locations. Last year, 63% of Californians voted to uphold the state law banning the sale of flavored tobacco products. And now... A proposal for a generational ban on tobacco sales. What does that mean? What it means is, if this bill goes through, it's Assembly Bill 935, it would prohibit the sale of tobacco products to anyone born on or after January 1st of 2007. That means today's 15 and 16-year-olds and anyone younger would never be able to purchase tobacco products in California for the rest of their lives. That's so crazy. That is the proposal that is on the table right now in California, and it is not without precedent because New Zealand, as the article points out, and we, I think we covered this when it happened uh, some time ago, New Zealand enacted a similar ban barring the sale of tobacco products to anyone born in 2009 or later. So that's what they're, that's their plan here, Ricky. I don't know if the feds are coming right out with this yet, but California is doing it. And if it passes in California, you better believe it's going to go to Massachusetts and it's going to go to New York and maybe right there to Pennsylvania. Well, you know what's really interesting in another observation? Tobacco has been for hundreds of years and still is one of our gross national products. Now, what's idiotic about all of this, what will happen is if that happens, Ian, that'll wipe out the sale of tobacco in this country. Oh, that'll be great for our economy. But there'll be plenty of tobacco sold to the rest of the world. 
That makes a hell of a lot of sense, don't it, Ian? <laughs> well, there's still going to be tobacco sales in the U.S. It'll just become an underground black market product like no doubt. marijuana. Yeah, people's houses will get oh, raided, no knock raided for having, you know, a tobacco grow room. They sure will. Um, Ricky, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So, I mean, that's pretty much the news in California. This is uh, on the table. Again, it's Assembly Bill 935. If you're still a libertarian in California, you really need to ask yourself, what are you thinking? Are you thinking you're going to actually have some sort of chance to turn things around? in california and that california ever ever in your lifetime or even in your grandchildren's lifetime will have a chance at ever being a semi-free place because it's not going to nope just you gotta wake up and realize what you're dealing with there uh this i think is is a very well a bill that could pass it would not surprise me i mean certainly the tobacco lobby has a lot of influence. And- but for whatever reason, I've noticed the federal government has been pushing against tobacco for a while now. Like they did the whole, you have to be 21 now to buy tobacco instead of it used to be 18. And I've seen like the federal government pushing the vaping commercials. Wait, maybe they're anti-vape, but still. The federal government wouldn't surprise me if they were anti-vape. I mean, they're basically anti-anything nicotine, even though vaping could be healthier for people. Could be. I mean, I don't know if it's healthier to hit a vape all day, every day, than it is to smoke, like, two cigarettes. But then again, the type of cigarettes that get sold on the shelves are super poisonous with a bunch of crap in them. Uh, The number, if you want to join the show here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, we were just discussing, let's see, the super hogs idea, Bonnie, something that I know you wanted to talk about here tonight. We can get into that. Uh, plus on the way, Walmart is admitting apparently that their customers are having a difficult time with inflation. But did you have this story about these super hogs? What are they? Yeah, this is from Popular Mechanics. Highly intelligent and possibly invincible super pigs are invading America. And they look scary. Really? Okay. A hybrid breed of super pigs, a mix of domestic pig and wild boar, is running wild in Canada. And now they have their sights set on the United States. Originally crossbred to help farmed pigs grow larger and tolerate the cold temperatures of Canada, a drop in the market about two decades ago led some farmers to let their hybrid pigs run free. Now they're running very free, according to Field and Stream. I guess that's like a magazine. The super pigs are coming south, likely heading to Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Michigan. Scary. The problem? Okay, I was going to say, what, what is scary about them exactly? The super pigs are proving hard to eradicate. Quote, that they can survive in such a cold climate is one of the big surprises of this issue. Ryan Brook, leader of the... Un- University of Saskatchewan's Canadian Wild Pig Research Project tells Field and Stream. The cold hardiness of the hybrid pigs mean they survive well. That means other native species don't. Brooke elaborates, quote, Wild hogs feed on anything. They gobble up tons and tons of goslings and ducklings in the spring. Mm. They could take down a white-tailed deer, even an adult. Originally, it was like, wow, this is something we can hunt. 
but it's become clear that they're threatening our wild tear deer, elk, and especially waterfowl. Not to mention the crop damage, the downsides outweigh any benefit wild hogs may have as a huntable species, unquote. The super pigs have already traversed across international border, dipping into at least North Dakota, so expect an even, even greater occurrence as the hybrid population only grows. Like on public transit, you see something, say something. <laughs> Snitch on the pigs. So call the government instead of just shooting them? I guess they're really hard to kill. Not and also, a gun. Well, maybe it's not just that it's hard to kill, but that it might mean that there's more around there and they need to come kill them. Well, I don't think the government is going to be... Usually what happens, as I understand it, is when there's an overpopulation of a thing, the government just sort of opens season on it and then just lets hunters come in and, and do it. It's not so much that the government comes and takes care of it. Well, I, I said uh, snitch on pigs and it says the squeal on pigs website makes it that even easier. <laughs> wow. The super pigs have become adept at fending off recreational hunter, hunters, it says. Sometimes with entire sounders, the term for a group of pigs, generally led by mature sows, turning nocturnal to avoid the hunting. Other times, the sounders will disperse, making them harder to locate or change their patterns and retreat to forests or wetlands. Remember, smart. I was going to say, remember, they're super intelligent, Mm -hmm. almost invincible, possibly invincible. Wait, who said that? Did they actually say that? Oh, wow. Okay. The best strategy at reining in the super pigs has been employing the Judas pig concept, which straps a GPS collar onto a pig to lead game officials to other pigs. Mm. Deception may be our only hope. Damn. Sounds pretty serious. Well, I wonder if it's something that nature will just take care of on its own or if they're really going to mess up nature since Amer- I mean, uh, the Canadians got involved in their So were genetics. these man-made, you're saying, these super pigs? Yes, they bred domestic pigs with wild boars to mm. make them more uh like cold hardy hardiness their cold hardiness went up hmm. and uh make them bigger make the domestic pigs bigger yep so the idea was to get more meat out of out of this was that the sounds thought? like it and make them die less from being so cold in canada huh. and uh you know people messing with pig genomes might mess up the um ecosystem could very well. If you want to comment, you're welcome to join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a farmer, so it's it's hard for me to really say what this means uh, for, for people out there. But if you are and, and you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us here. 603-283-6160. Bonnie, you were just banned on Twitter yesterday for calling Joe Biden a fag in a post that you made. What, was it in response to something he said? or what Yeah, were he said something. It was like, it didn't really matter what he said. I just insult him every time I see him post. And usually I say like, F you. And I've never been banned for that. Hmm. And I don't say F. Mm-hmm. And today, or yesterday, I just said, shut up, fag. Because it's funny because he's not gay. If he was gay, I wouldn't have said it because it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be as funny. Okay. Not as though he's actually ever going to read the comments that people make on his Twitter profile, but you just felt like saying a thing and and somebody decided to report you. If you don't you. use your free speech rights, you'll, you'll lose them. That much is true. Um, although it is a you know a private platform and they can have whatever rules they want, but you've got Elon Musk claiming he's a free speech absolutist and then you got banned for seven days for calling Joe Biden a fag on Ridiculous. that platform. Now, 
I had posted in response to that to like let everybody know that you, even though your profile's still there, you can still see FTL underscore Bonnie on Twitter, but you're not able to actually interact with anyone. You can't make any posts. So it kind of looks like you're still there, but you're not actually available on the site. In yeah, any sort what of it says whenever way. I log in is it says your account is locked. Right. And it'll be unlocked in six days or five and change days uh, at this point. But I had posted about this and it got quite a bit of response today. Normally my posts don't get diddly for for people responding, but a lot of people shared this one. A lot of people are obviously upset at Twitter for having this particular, making this decision. And our very own Aria DeMezzo responded. I had made the point of uh, avoiding the word fag in my post because I had thought maybe you were auto-flagged or something like that simply for using the word and Arya posted the the word fag in her response, and she didn't get auto banned or anything like that. So that suggests that it did have something to do with perhaps someone who doesn't like you, uh, that is a follower of yours, maybe reporting your post, and mm. that's why it it got taken down. Or one of Biden's followers, maybe, maybe, but still. But according to RT and a story published today, Twitter is now clarifying its violent speech policy, and isn't that what you got taken down under? Um, it, it might have said something about that because it said you can't use words that promote violence against or harass a member of a minority group. And I was like, I don't see how saying shut up fag to somebody who's openly straight does that. So I did appeal it, but it said we'll reply to your appeal in five to seven days. My appeal will be over or my ban will be over by then. Well, maybe they're saying politicians are a minority group and they deserve special protection status. They deserve lots of things. Yeah. Uh, here's what RT's report says on this. Twitter has now unveiled new rules to crack down on violent speech, saying it will impose a zero-tolerance policy towards those threatening or glorifying the harm of another person or group. All right. Well, I definitely didn't do that. That's why I don't understand. Certain exemptions will apply for cases involving satire, jokes, and some forms of artistic expression. Mine was artistic and a joke. The company announced the decision on Tuesday, which would have been yesterday, so the same day you got banned, I believe, noting that going forward, Twitter users, quote, may not threaten, incite, glorify, or express desire for violence or harm, unquote, part of a policy change intended to, quote, prevent the normalization of violent actions. So does that mean that anyone calling for war with Russia would be banned from Twitter? Or from China? I doubt it. Uh, In most cases, they say we will immediately and permanently suspend any account that violates this policy, they said in a press release, adding that for less severe violations, some accounts may simply be locked temporarily. Well, I doubt it will apply for anyone who promotes war because Elon Musk already showed himself to be, um, you know, not very consistent on this when he said he won't let Alex Jones back on because anyone who has... uh, you know, what, what did he say? Like, he didn't like harmed that. children. Yeah, he didn't like that uh, Alex Jones denied that children were killed in, in the, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Thing. And he said something like anything that involves children is is like off the table. But he mm-hmm. didn't ban every politician who has killed children. Sure. Like plenty of people who supported the U.S.'s uh, ongoing bombings and such in the Middle East. Yeah, Obama's still on there. Biden's still on there. 
The new policy will make several exceptions, including for posts which contain no clear abusive or violent context, such as hyperbolic and consensual ribbing between friends or during the discussion of video games or sporting events. Quote, we will also allow certain cases of figures of speech, satire, or artistic expression when the context is expressing a viewpoint rather than instigating actionable violence or harm. Uh, I don't see how FAG falls under this. Claiming they would evaluate all flagged posts before taking actions against users. So that's the claim. The claim is someone from Twitter reviewed your post, Bonnie, Hmm. and decided that you violated their policy even though you've now appealed the uh, the decision, which could take upwards of a week for them to remedy, which, of course, you're only banned for a week anyway. So by the time the ban runs out, you might get an official ruling from them. The decision marks one of the first major speech policy changes adopted by Twitter since its takeover by Musk in October, and the site's rules have continued to evolve over the years. So I just thought it was interesting because I, I noticed that that was the section under which they claimed that your post calling Joe Biden a fag had violated. So the very same day they announced that they were setting in setting in motion some uh, number of changes. I could see it if I said something like, kill yourself, fag, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I said, shut up, fag. Nothing else. Uh, yeah, and there was a number of people who, of course, are acting all offended by it on the post that, that I made. Uh, yeah, I saw someone say, like... Um, that you shouldn't insult anyone, basically, ever. Yeah. Well, I saw somebody say, like, this isn't really helping the movement or something like that. It's just like... Whatever that means. You should always offend politicians in any way possible. I tend to agree. I mean, look, I I, I understand that people can... You know, people do have feelings, and I certainly am not out to harm anyone uh, as far as their feelings in general. But politicians are a special category of scum. And so they are literally lying garbage and they, in many cases, you know, arguably don't qualify as humans because they're psychopaths and they have no empathy whatsoever towards their fellow man. They're willing to, or if they're, if they're not psychopaths or sociopaths, they're certainly willing to step on as many human lives as possible in yeah, order like to get their way. I called a murderer a fag. Right. And it's and like... a possible child molester. If they mean that... It's because I used the word fag. Like, they are stupid if they think that calling Joe Biden a fag offends gay people. If I called a gay person a fag, I could see where that'd be coming from. But fag doesn't just mean gay person. The definition of it isn't gay person. It's like loser. That's why lots of gay people will say, yeah, I'm, I may be gay, but I'm not a fag. If you want to comment, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But it is just proof that Twitter is not a free speech platform. It's never going to be a free speech platform. They have their rules, and they will enforce them arbitrarily at best. So, of course, if you want to have a chance at expressing yourself more freely, I would recommend you check out our platform, which we have over at social.freetalklive.com. We're running our own social media Mastodon system. It's on our server. We set the rules, and we don't have very many of them. You know, there's one rule you can't spam, and we've uh, we've set up a easy procedure that you just have to ask answer one question when you sign up as to why you want to join the server. Just sound like an actual human being. Reference Free Talk Live. You'll get right in as soon as we review it, which could take a day. But we'll get you in. And then you can have uh, the freedom to express yourself. And we have not yet banned anyone who wasn't an obvious spam bot from our server. So 
So check it out at social.freetalklive.com. You can join the show. Coming up, drag shows are back in the news. Tennessee may very well be banning them soon. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here. The number is 603 283 6160. 603 283 6160. You can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there for you completely free. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Ian and Bonnie here in the studio tonight. There's a lot of stuff that's worth talking about, including the story that I mentioned briefly last night. We didn't have a chance to actually get into it. And that is the latest attack against drag shows. And Bonnie, you and I have uh, together attended a drag show within the last year. There was one that happened here in our very own little Keene, New Hampshire, right on uh, Main Street at the Colonial Theater in September. And it was a group that had come all the way up from New York City and brought their show uh, to us. It was advertised as... It was all Madonna tribute. It was. And that was great. It was advertised as a show that was intended for adults. But, you know, children weren't prohibited from the crowd. If, if I think we saw, like, at the youngest, like, an 11-year-old. Yeah, there were a couple of younger kids there. Uh, Not like a six-year-old, but... Sort of like in the same way as like an R-rated movie, if your parents want to bring you to an R-rated movie where there's, you know, on-screen violence or on-screen sex or profanity, then that's within their right to to make that decision. And the worst thing that happened was they alluded to having sex after the show or something like that, but they didn't even... I feel like if you were even like a six-year-old, it would have went over your head and it wouldn't have been like you're scarred for life. Yeah, there were a couple of sexual-related, you know, sex-related humor. But right, but the thing that people no don't understand, yeah, was what I was going to say, is that, like, drag queens don't strip. They'll be kind of against uh, the point. I mean, like, there was w- maybe one that had a bigger skirt and flipped it off, and it was like a, um, what do they call those that ballerinas wear? Tutu? No, like a one-piece thing. So, like, that's, that's it. Like, you know, it, they throw off the longer skirt, and then there's, like, a one-piece under... Um, there's a word for it, leotard. Oh, okay, right. But, um, and it might have not even been a leotard, it might have been more like a tutu, like you said, but anyways, if drag shows were all about, like, stripping, I mean, they're they're just not. They're not. That's just yeah. so weird, like, they, they gotta put a lot of time into That's a strip tucking. show. Yeah. There's a name for that. And, like, people aren't really supposed to be, like, attracted to the drag queen, well, at least that's not the point of mm-hmm. the show. The show is just, like being fabulous and over the top and you know even the a lot of the parts that are on them are just like styrofoam like it's not like they actually have fake boobs most of them like they Mm -hmm. don't have like implants some of them probably do maybe some of them but i mean most drag queens are not trans i see what you're saying most just men dressing as women yeah they're just gay men most of them in fact rupaul apparently said that you can't be trans and be a drag queen really yeah, I didn't know that until Justin O'Donnell said it recently. Well, according to Metro.co.uk, Tennessee is on track to become not only the first U.S. state to ban drag shows, but also the latest to ban health care for trans youth. House Republicans passed joint anti-LGBTQ plus legislation this week, which, if signed by the governor, would make Tennessee the first state to criminalize drag shows. 
plunging the southern state into the dark ages senate bill three will prevent so this already passed the senate i read this bill and i don't believe that just bans drag shows it it does a lot of things it will ban drag shows in places where children may be reasonably there yeah i did have the bill but i don't have it pulled up in front of me right now um, I think they do get into some of the actual and wording I'm, of it. I'm against that too. I'm against the government doing that too. But it's just not that it will completely ban drag shows. It for some reason defines drag shows as a cabaret show. Like it mm-hmm. says it's banning cabaret shows and then it defines cabaret shows and one of the de- definitions is a show where a man or somebody is dressed of the in the opposite gender or to impersonate the opposite gender. And it's like, I don't know why that would make it a cabaret show. Like, anytime a woman is dressed as a man, is it just going to be a cabaret show? Like, that's so weird. But they obviously just snuck that in there to make drag queen fall under cabaret. And then it goes on to say, cabaret shows, as defined, are prohibited from being in any public space or any place where it may be reasonable to assume that a child would be mm-hmm. something like that. And don't quote me on that, but it's basically that. So it's not just banning drag shows altogether, but it's still a ridiculous bill. I would oppose it for the same reason I would oppose smoking bans. People should be allowed to allow drag shows with kids present in uh, their own place of business, just like they should be allowed to have a smoking section. So according to the bill summary, I did just pull it up here. I think your recollection is pretty accurate, Bonnie, but it does say that uh, the first violation will be a class A misdemeanor and then a second or subsequent violation will be a felony, class E felony. It defines an adult uh, cabaret performance to mean a performance in a location other than an adult cabaret that features topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest. And I had to Google that. Prurient means sexual. sexual. So, like, I would argue that most drag drag isn't that. Yeah, and that's where this is going to be a problem uh, because... You know, the conservatives just believe that all drag is sexual. Right. They, they believe And not that, just the conservatives, a bunch of the libertarians, too. That, like, okay, well, literally like conservative it, libertarians or whatever you want to call them. But yeah. uh, adult cabaret, it says here that it would create an offense for a person who engages in an adult cabaret performance on public property or in a location where the performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. So... The way this is written is so kind of nebulous in that you and I would agree that your typical drag show is not appealing to a prurient interest. It's just simply men dressing as women and usually singing a song or lip syncing uh, to a song, maybe doing some performance art in regards to uh, dancing or some crazy like acrobatics and like a split, for instance, we saw a few splits uh, done by, you know people with junk in the trunk right like they're it's pretty impressive to see a man uh do a split like that they're tucked right uh so would those would the fact that there was a sexual related joke that was in that performance qualify it as an adult cabaret show i think the conservatives would argue that it it would well apparently peakless mountaineer who's on the show argues that wearing lipstick makes something sexual 
So it's okay. like they can do any, they can yeah. claim anything like that. They can claim that a man dressing as a woman is prurience. Yeah, and I think that that's what they are going to intend to do. And then, of course, and it's it really would- silly because, like, anyone who knows, like, most gay people, most gay regular gay guys aren't going and paying for a drag show because it's gonna they're gonna get off. Because sure, most gay guys they can go to Grinder for that. Well, not just that, but most gay guys want to date other guys that look like guys. Mm-hmm. And then, um, if if these people aren't really trans, it's not like you know. They just live their lives like this. They're, this is like extravagant makeup that they wouldn't wear around elsewhere. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. But I think that, you know, if, if the police get called in because there's somebody doing a drag show at the public library or outdoors or something like that, then the cops are just going, if they are of the mindset of, I don't like drag, they're going to go ahead and make the arrests. Yeah, it's not like they're going to go there and start Googling the word prurient. No, the cops don't care. There's no punishment for them. Even if later on the the case gets kicked out of court, it's not going to come down on the officer who made the arrest. They're not going to have any kind of liability for making the arrest. But if you're living in a society full of conservative types who presumably are in Tennessee, right? They, They elected these people, so let's just presume that some people in Tennessee actually want this to happen. Because the politicians wouldn't be doing this if they thought it was going to lose them the next election. So if somebody gets arrested for just doing a normal, non-sexual drag show, and then they get dragged in front of a court, well, now they're either in front of a judge in a bench trial or they get a jury trial full of people who probably think drag is terrible and drag Inherently is sexual, as the conservatives like to say. Right. And so even though the content of the actual performance may have been zero sexuality whatsoever, just somebody singing a Madonna tune or, you know, whatever other you know, song they might sing, wearing a, a, a feathery boa, you know, that, uh, that they could be convicted of this. And I think that's the scary part. And I think this is, you know, for uh, for people that love this idea of putting drag drag show people in prison to, quote unquote, protect the children, you really ought to move to Tennessee. I mean, this is the kind of place that you would really enjoy being. And yeah, stay out of New Hampshire. If you are sorry, stay out of New Hampshire. If you are somebody who is a drag performer, it's probably a bad idea to stay in Tennessee. I mean, I, I understand People want to stay where they were born. I get it. That's the thing with people is they don't like having to leave their lives or leave their families or their job or or whatever. And I, I get it. I understand why you know com- it's comfortable to stay where you are. An ob- object at rest tends to stay at rest. That's like a law of physics, right? So, But the fact is, if they're going to criminalize the thing that you do, even though you may think to yourself, oh, well, I can I can win this case. I can make the argument that blah, blah, blah. Hey, I thought I could win the Crypto 6 case. I didn't think that, you know, and it's not over yet. We are going to appeal it. But I thought we had a, a good chance with the jury. And turns out it didn't work out at all uh, because the jury can do basically whatever they want to do. So if you end up with a conservative jury in conservative Tennessee and the jury says, well, drag is evil. Drag is corrupting the children. We don't care that there wasn't nudity. We don't care that they weren't even telling sexual-related jokes. Guilty. And that's all they'll need to do. And I think there's an even worse layer to this. Um, I think that any trans person who happens to be in a play could get caught up in this if mm. um, the police want ju- to. If the police wants to just say it's prurient. I mean, how many plays have you know sexual? 
content. Um, lots of adult players would. And, yeah, that's um, true. And, a, and a, a child could be there with the permission of their parents. Could be there with the permission of their parents, or it could be a public place or whatever. And then a trans person it just can't, you know, be a public uh, performer, performing arts uh person the drag ban was proposed by republican state senate majority leader jack johnson in november he said in a statement quote it gives confidence to parents that they can take their kids to a public or private show do they talk like that in tennessee (laughs) uh and will not be blindsided by sexual performance i lived in a military town in tennessee so i don't know Johnson's measure passed in the upper chamber with a 26 to 6 vote earlier this month with the full state house voting 74 to 19 in favor. So it wasn't even a close vote in Tennessee. So it's not like it's not like whoever it is that's running things there in the Tennessee government is just hanging on by a thread and this this could flip the the governmental control there and that they might lose their office. No, this is what the supermajority of the Tennessee state representatives and the Tennessee senators are supporting. So it looks like it'll most likely pass. It's pa- it has passed. It's just waiting for the governor to oh. sign it. And uh, he is, at least they're saying that he's going to sign this bill. But there's an interesting twist in this story, and we'll get to that coming up here in a moment. Republican Re- uh, Rep. Chris Todd, who also sponsored the anti-trans health care bill, said he was driven to author the drag ban to put a stop to a local quote-unquote family-friendly drag show from taking place in a park. Wow. Jackson Pride was toe-to-toe with Rep Todd in court last year after the city's Pride organizers wanted to host a family-friendly drag show in the Jackson Pride's third annual celebration, which was originally going to be held in Conger Park. Todd claimed the show teaching children about kindness and diversity would have amounted to child abuse and that his bill is a common-sense child safety bill. Alongside the drag ban, the companion House Bill 9 will stop doctors from providing gender-affirming health care, such as puberty blockers and hormone therapy to trans young people. Well, I oppose this man uh, making bills to protect other people, other people's children for, on the same basis that I oppose... Um, you know, like CPS going and telling people they can't let their kids play outside. Mm-hmm. If parents decide they want to let their kids play outside, they should be allowed to. And Absolutely. if parents decide that they don't mind their kids seeing a drag show in the park, they should be allowed to do that. Agreed. Uh, and I don't know why anyone would think otherwise. Why? It's... Well, everybody thinks that they control everybody else's kids right, right now. It's and a crazy the... moral pan- panic going on. Yeah, and that's the hypocrisy. And I, I think that, uh, you know, Reed was talking about it earlier just in a different uh, aspect. Is these conservatives, on one hand, they can see how wrong it is for, you know, other parents in the, of the liberal mindset to force their views down their uh, conservative kids' throats. But they think it's totally fine for them to force their conservative views down on the liberal parents' throats. And it's like... It's a cycle of violence, it's a cycle of oppression, and it's never going to stop until someone puts their foot down and says, I'm not, go- like, I'm not going to advocate to control other people's kids, other people's families. Even if they're doing something that I don't like, I might speak out about it. I might say, hey, I don't think that's cool what you're doing you know, with your kids, but ultimately, they're your kids, and you do you. You do your family, and I won't say I won't try to shove the police into that situation. That's what it would take. But these people on both sides aren't willing to. They all want to try to dominate other people's families, and it's sick. Let's go to the phones here. Chuck is in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. 
Yeah, thank you. I'm again listening to you on KTOX in Needles, California. Okay, great. And uh, I just wanted to uh, mention that, uh, what was that? That's a barking dog, sir. Yeah, sounds like a fighter. Yeah, all right. So what were you going to say, Chuck? I was just uh, (laughs) going to mention that the uh, governor of Tennessee is also a cross-dresser, too. Yes, uh, yes, that was going to be the twist here in uh, in this story. Oh, I'm sorry. No I, worries. But I, I just thought that that's the that's the whole caveat. I, I love it. it. It's the uh, it's the hook right there. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he he's a pervert. So what do you think of that? Thank you. Thanks for the call, Chuck. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. So as he just revealed, Bonnie, as uh, you were dealing with coconut there. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, this according to the Washington Post, said he intends to sign the bill restricting drag shows in the state. But guess what? A picture has surfaced of Lee in high school in 1977 dressed up as a woman. Wow. A yearbook photo has been circulating online, and that, of course, has resulted in people accusing the governor of having a double standard. Yep. Well, was it something like he was dressed up as a woman for a powder puff football? Because... That's something the conservatives have been fine with forever. What's powder puff football? I think it's called powder puff. Um, it's like, I, it was definitely a thing in like the 80s. I, I don't think it was a thing when I was in high school, but it's where the football team dresses up as cheerleaders and they make big fun of out of it. Like uh, my dad did this in the 80s at his high school. So they dressed up like the cheerleaders and had fake boobs and everything and like would make a joke of being, uh, you know, like having fake boobs and being cheerleaders and then the Mm -hmm. cheerleaders played a game of football and it would like uh maybe it would be like a thing that would raise money or just be for fun i see so that's powder puff football and there's pictures of my dad dressed as a girl like as a joke you Mm -hmm. know obviously in a high school doing that but the conservatives have been fine with that forever and i mean at least since like whenever that started probably like the 70s or 80s or something um, there's even a King of the Hill episode about it. I don't know if that had to do with this photograph in this particular case. They did show it in, at least I thought they had this in here. Anyway, uh, the image does show him in uh, wearing you know, women's clothing and I think even a wig. Lee was asked whether he remembered dressing in drag in 1977. He said it would be ridiculous to, quote, conflate something like that to sexualized entertainment in front of children. And see, that's what I'm saying. It's like if it was something like powder powder puff football, you can't even bring that up to conservatives and be like, you've been fine with this the whole time because they'll just be like, that's ridiculous. That's not sexual. My fake boobs that I put into my bra to pretend to be a cheerleader were not sexual, but... um. You know, it's sexual when anybody just dresses up like a woman at all. Or when a woman, like, does uh, breastfeeding in public or something like that. Right. There's a lot of people who simply believe that the human body without clothing is inherently sexual. And it's not. It's just a naked body. Like, you give it sexuality if that's what you want to believe about it. But that is, it says more about you as an individual that you would consider a naked person as a sexual act then, you know, what's really going on? So, according to Jade Byers, a spokesperson for the governor, he wrote in an email that the bill restricting drag shows, quote, specifically protects children from obscene, sexualized entertainment 
and any attempt to conflate this serious issue with lighthearted school traditions is dishonest. I, I knew it was powder puff football. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's got to be lighthearted uh, school tra- traditions. Dishonest and disrespectful, he says, to Tennessee families. The two chambers will have to reconcile their bills before sending the final version to Lee's desk. So it's not quite a done deal yet, but it looks like. It's going to happen. Opponents argue the bill discriminates against drag performers by signaling without evidence that drag shows, which can run the gamut from sexually explicit to family friendly, may be harmful to children. I mean, it's just like anything that can run the gamut from sexually explicit to family friendly. It's like saying, oh, there are pornographic movies, so therefore all movies are inherently sexual. No, you can make movies with kids in mind you can make movies where nobody is naked and where there are no sexual jokes or sex scenes and where it's all about dora the explorer i think you made this point on a previous episode of this show when we were talking about drag shows is there are movies out there that are far more sexual as far as the jokes as far as the actual physical content people perhaps having a sex scene in a movie uh there are far more sexual things going on in some r-rated movies than you'll ever see in the super majority of drag shows, in out some there. PG movies like Airplane. Well, there was um, naked boobs. In there was Airplane. multiple naked yeah. boobs and in jokes. Airplane, and a joke where yeah. if somebody was simulating a sex act on a doll. Yeah, that's true. Let's go to Crichton. He's on the line in Kentucky. Crichton, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Crichton. Uh, Crichton going once. Crichton in Kentucky going twice. All right, well, we'll put him back on hold and maybe try him back here. I hope he's not offended at the bit. country accent you made. I don't I, think he has a country accent. It wasn't accent. that bad of a country accent. Uh, the ACLU said in a statement about a separate bill under consideration by lawmakers that would require adult cabaret performers to obtain a permit and ban minors from attending these performances said that limiting drag performers' expressions violate their constitutional rights. Quote, dance, fashion, and music, essential components of a drag performance, are all protected by the First Amendment. Yet, these laws are written so broadly and vaguely that they would allow government officials to censor performers based on their own subjective viewpoints of what they deem appropriate on any given day. And in this case, it'll be up to the police and what they deem to be appropriate. Because you have to remember, there's a difference between what the government legislator writes down into the bill... And then how the bureaucrats that are enforcing it, in this case, the police department, how they interpret those words. I would be shocked if in, you know, 2000, 1999, there weren't like five-year-olds that got brought to Britney Spears performances. I mean, when I... And uh, she's up there grinding and whatever, right? Stripping. Yeah. When I was about five, I was five when I moved away from Kansas, and I know this happened in Kansas, so I was five or younger... My neighbors, my next door neighbors, they uh, were big Britney Spears fans, them and their kids. And they would like play, they would have, they had a Britney Spears karaoke and me and the Uh-oh. little girls would be like singing the Britney Spears songs. and Which are inherently, many of them, very sexual. Like, literally right? inherently sexual. I mean, like it was just normal because no one would think that a little girl would be like knowing what that means. Mm-hmm. It's just like sweet and innocent kind of. But the lyrics aren't. You're just saying they're singing lyrics they don't understand. Yeah, a little girl singing any Britney Spears song isn't going to be like, oh my God, somebody stop her. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or just like her playing in the background. I just think it's ridiculous. I'm yeah. sure little girls got brought to Britney Spears concerts. 
by their parents. Right. Right. Uh, in Tennessee, the Bills it's just backers... Like some, what has changed? It just seems like there is a specific push to make this a big deal. There's this outrage. There's an outrage, on. and people just want to be mad about something. And to me, it just seems like Republicans found realize they're like, this is my way to stop gayness. I couldn't mm. before because I understood the points that it's their lives. Yeah, I can't. I don't want to get involved in their lives. Right. And they were like foiled. Yeah, I can't stop, stop them gayness. from getting married. We can't stop them from getting married. And I'm foiled because nobody listened to the, um, you know, slippery slope arguments or whatever. And now mm. there's gay marriage. But they, whenever children got involved, they were they were just like. This is it. This is finally what I can do. Everybody's a groomer, and uh, we can turn the kids gay. Yeah, drag is going to turn your kids gay. Drag is inherently sexual, and if you have your kids around gayness, well, they'll turn gay when they grow up. We're going to continue here. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. The number 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on drag shows and that controversy, you can join us. Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. And 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. And Bonnie. We are talking about what's happening in Tennessee where there's a bill that has been passed by both the Senate and the House in overwhelming majorities, super majorities have passed this bill that would criminalize uh, basically the act of doing a drag show. Now, the way it's written, it does specify that it has to appeal to a prurient interest, but that is in the eye of the beholder. Right. It's going to be up to, you know, the police and the judge or the jury to determine whether or not something regarding drag and possibly a child seeing it and how are they gonna prurient. how are they gonna determine every single time if this is really a man wearing quote-unquote woman's clothing or a woman wearing quote-unquote men's clothing Do they gotta strip search everybody everybody if- who's up there if they're questionable yeah that's you another know, good those, question there's yeah. plenty of pams out there people who look like you know they're not trans or something you, you're just talking to them, and you're like, I couldn't tell if that was a man or a woman. And their name was Pam, so you can't tell. Or Pat, sorry. Yeah, you make a really good point there, Bonnie, and that, that kind of came up here in New Hampshire where uh, there was this anti-topless measure in, I think it was Laconia. There's In New Hampshire, it's legal to be topless as a woman unless local laws prohibit it. So this is one of the areas where local ordinances are allowed to be written to restrict toplessness. But they have to be a like if I were to go down and be topless at the Laconia Beach, it would be completely legal. But if if a woman is topless at the Laconia Beach, then she could be written a ticket. But the question came up in the uh, one of the hearings for these women that did go down and, and were topless on the beach and ended up being ticketed for it was like, how do you know this was a woman? Did you, officer, stick your hand down her pants and verify that they're, or strip search them, as you suggested, uh, Bonnie, to to verify whether they actually had the genitals of a woman in, the, you know, the lower regions? Because they weren't bottomless. Right. They were just topless. And, of course, that actually, in that case, I think 
that charge never ended up making it to trial. But those were some of the questions that were were asked at one of the hearings, and I thought it was a really good one. Anyway, let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. We've got this uh, crazy bill that's going to possibly uh, criminalize drag shows in Tennessee. And then, ironically, the governor of Tennessee, a picture surfaced from him in 1977, dressed as a woman, but yet he's still going to sign the bill. Let's talk first to, I think Crichton is actually with us here. We tried his call earlier, but uh, didn't work out. Crichton, are you there? I am here. Excellent, you hear sir. You're in Kentucky. What's on your mind? Yeah, I wanted to respond to this exact thing. Um, and I don't want to get the impression that I'm actually in favor of these bills because they're going all over the, the Bible Belt, uh, my state of Kentucky as well. There's apparently what 26 to... of them right now, according to uh, the Metro.co.uk article. What I, what I wanted to bring up was a different way, another way to, to look at it, is that I think this is a little bit deceptive. Now, I've called onto the show and brought up the, the uh, Baptist and bootleggers political theory in the past, which is a short term. Uh, there, there's a whole Wikipedia page on it, but. The short version is is that there's always a public reason and a and a hidden reason for laws like this when they pop mm-hmm. up. Uh, my belief is is that these laws are actually a form of Republican uh, lawfare. They're they're deliberately trying to create these laws that can restrict free speech, so that they uh, they can suppress the kind of speech that they don't want to see in their, their communities. Mm. But the history being what it is, they cannot be open about that in the law because if, it, if that's the purpose of the law, it will be struck down. So they have to have a, some right. other justifiable reason for it. In this case, it's so, quote-unquote harmful to minors. Right, that's and, and that's entirely subjective, of course, and, and, and mm-hmm. as you've been talking about. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, I believe it, the point of it is is to make the the act of dressing up in a costume that other people may not like and then going to a public library wearing it to be illegal functionally and because that's protected under free speech and you're in a public place now based on this kind of law they they would be they could if they wanted to call the police on you and have you removed Mm-hmm. And then you uh, then have to was- spend thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars to hire attorneys to defend yourself and you know, and then still possibly get found uh, guilty by some bigoted jury or whatever. Yes. And, of course, most people will realize that going in advance that they don't want to hang around the state anymore mm-hmm. if they're in the, inclined to, to do this kind of LARPing. But maybe I shouldn't stay here. Maybe I should move. That is, I think that is actually the point. Is trying to nudge people that don't fit the culture that they're trying to support out of the state, and I think it'll work. Um, but here's here's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. You guys have already talked about this somewhat. That if you if you have a problem with that, maybe you can go to New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, well, if you're a libertarian, I mean, I don't want any hardcore uh, leftists, leftists to move here. Well, that, that's, that's the thing. They don't care. The, the, the lawmakers in, in these southern states do not care where these people go. They just want them yeah, out. go to Massachusetts or, uh, you know, go to California or something like that. There's plenty of leftist places for commies and such to go to. If you're a socialist, you should be in New York, you know. Uh, Crichton? 
think we lost you. I think we might have lost you there. Uh, go ahead. I've got a truck coming. I gotta go. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it did okay. sound like he was at work or something. No, I think he was just saying like something. It's on the road. It sounded like. Yeah, because uh, I heard some kind of a like sounded like a saw in the background. Scott for a is on the line. He's in Illinois. Sorry, Indiana. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, uh, so <clears throat> I was talking. Uh, I called in about the back in the '90s. There was a cartoon called Animaniacs, meant yeah, for right. children. Yep. And in that, they had adult jokes strewn all throughout it. Uh, specifically, what I'm thinking about is uh, an episode where the uh, three siblings are detectives, and mm-hmm. Yakko comes in and looks at his sister Dot and says, "Sweet for Prince." And 30 seconds later. She so, shows up with the performer Prince, the artist, and he goes, "No fingerprints." Mm-hmm. And then her and Prince look at each other, and they go, "Nah." And he, she throws him out of the window. Wow! Like, right there, that's an adult joke. In yeah, a, uh, I wasn't allowed to watch that as a kid, kid, which is like a perfectly fine decision for someone to make for their own kids. Sometimes they'll be yeah. even more risque than that. I mean, I'm not particularly familiar with Animaniacs, but the, those are the best kinds of cartoons where the adult jokes are present, but they're so high level compared to what kids are going to understand that adults can watch the show and, and laugh and be amused by jokes that are basically only for them while the kids are laughing at all the poop humor or whatever it is that's, uh, that's obvious. Exactly, and the Animaniacs are still on streaming services to this day. So, sure. are, are they in Tennessee going to ban that streaming service because it has that episode on it? Well, no, I probably mean, not under this particular ordinance because it's only in regards to "quote unquote" adult cabaret performances, which would be uh, things that are like go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers. Well, I think what he means is like, are the people of Tennessee going to start demanding that they uh, do the same thing? Are they going to be I mean, they consistent? Could, but- this probably particular not. law, well, yeah, no, they're probably not going to go after uh, cartoons, uh, but yeah, this wouldn't fall. I don't think Animaniacs would fall under this particular restriction. Yeah, I shouldn't give them any ideas, though. Indeed. <laughs> that's that's really all I was calling about right there. Thank just, you, uh, Scott. I appreciate that, that, that. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for uh, for making it here tonight. Let's continue on. Sarah is in New Mexico. By the way, the number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Maybe you're excited about the Tennessee ban on drag shows or alleged ban on drag shows here and you want to weigh in you can join us uh but sarah you're on free talk live go ahead what are your thoughts uh about the drag show i mean i i really don't care either way what you don't care really care about so you don't believe in freedom of speech freedom of expression well, I mean, I'm just saying people do whatever they want. I just kind of like a standby. I don't like to inhibit people from what they're doing. Yeah, you do. You call in but all the time I, about how you want to restrict people from speeding and you want speeding cameras and you want the police arresting people for drag racing, and which is a different what? kind of drag. Sex uh, is mixed in homeless shelters. Yeah, you don't want people to smoke outside. Yeah, you've got all kinds of restrictions you want to force down people's throats. But this one you just don't care about, huh? I mean, the, if they want to get dressed up and pretend to be somebody else, I mean, who am I supposed to say? I mean, I'm not supposed to be the moral police, but the reason, you know what? Could have fooled me. We had the, she doesn't understand the, the irony. No, she doesn't. The, the speeding thing is that, did you know that we had the highest pedestrian fatality rate uh, last year when we broke the record Why are you getting year? involved if you're not some the moral police? 
you know what? Who am I to judge? You know, if people. I agree. So put, why are you getting you involved people, in whether or not somebody's speeding? Okay, because we have the, the we have the most pedestrian kills record breaking last year, and it was higher than the last year. So our pedestrian That's none of your business. I feel like it has less to do with speeding than okay, Sarah thinks. Okay, it is my business because I'm a pedestrian, Albuquerque. Well, look I both ways before you cross the, the road. Okay, but there's a lot of drunk people walking around in Albuquerque falling into the road. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to be a moron if you're going to get hit by somebody speeding because you're not paying any attention unless that person runs up on the sidewalk. Yeah, I was going to say, if Sarah was calling in saying, did you know we have the highest incidence of cars running off the road into buildings and (laughs) sidewalks and stuff, maybe it would seem relevant, but just speeding on the road isn't going to hit a pedestrian unless the pedestrian didn't look both ways. I mean, unless the car is going like 150 miles an hour, I don't see how it's possible you can't get out of their way. (laughs) Right. Well, the thing is that automobile to automobile wrecks, it has been going down. If you're inside a car, you're going to survive. That's been getting after that. But it's the okay. pedestrians that just got soft bodies. We're the one that's getting killed more and more year after year. And a lot of that is driver error. They're texting, talking on the cell phone. They're listening to music. Or uh, If a driver's on, the, on their cell phone and I'm paying attention. You should walk in front of it, yeah. yeah. If I'm paying attention as a pedestrian... I'm going to know to not walk in front of that person's car. Seems pretty simple. Okay. So it's because there's drunk homeless that... people walking around mm-hmm. and they aren't paying attention to the fact that cars even coming or they're standing the road or whatever. And Sarah has made okay, it her personal what? mission because she does want to get involved in people's personal lives and their personal decisions because she is the moral police. Well, the mor- they're always trying to run me over because they're speeding. So we're going to be getting four speeding cameras out in the county. Well, that's not going to solve anything, Sarah, and you know it. You've been getting more and more speeding cameras, and yet you're saying people are still getting hit in record numbers. And if Sarah Sarah did get hit by a car, if a car was trying to run her over and then ran her over, and there was a speeding camera there, well, it would just be an after-the-fact thing anyway. There would be a video of Sarah getting (laughs) hit by a car, and then maybe that person would get a ticket, or if they killed her, like, go to prison. Yeah, a lot of good that's going to do you if you're in a prison, or if you're you're dead, or you're in a hospital room. full-body cast. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. Jamie is in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jamie. Hey, yeah. One quick question first. You say you used to smoke cigarettes, right? I mean, I've had a few here and there. There was one summer where I smoked like one a day. I used to be pretty addicted oh, to smoking wow. cigarettes, but I quit maybe like really? two years ago. Good job, Bonnie. Yeah, uh, I try to quit, but I can't. I'm a chain mm-hmm. smoker. <laughs> well, I mean, you can. It's just that you haven't done what it takes to do it. I mean, some people oh, need right. to use um, some sort of method like, what do they have, the shot, I think, that you can Enchantix. take. Chantex. I mean, I didn't try any of that. That stuff kind of scares me. I mean, it really sucked for Aria. Aria had to use it. She was mm-hmm. like... You know, one of those people who smoked, uh, like, a lot. And uh, when she used Chantix, it wasn't good. Like, it was really messed up her sleep schedule and eating habits and stuff like that. It made her nauseous. So yeah. that freaking must have sucked. But, I mean, some people have to use oh, that. Well, what, what did you do, Jamie? Gonna... Did you just try it cold turkey? Yeah, and it didn't work. Well, how long did you go for? About a couple of weeks. You I... made it a couple weeks before you were able to, uh, before you finally smoked a cigarette again? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. A lot of people can't even make it a couple of days. Especially just cold turkey. What, so I, was it you were just jonesing so bad after two weeks you just you just felt like you had to? Yeah, I was like, 
forget it. I'm I'm hitting it again. <laughs> oh man! And now, what? How many how many cigarettes a day are you smoking now? Talking to a chain smoker. Is that like two packs? I got like a bag of cigar, a bag of tobacco. You're rolling, you're rolling oh. your own. Yeah. I was gonna say the way that helped me the most to get off smoking cigarettes. It's gonna sound kind of gross. It's gonna sound kind of ghetto. I started smoking those flavored, uh, like black and milds because I could like just put yeah. it out, keep it in my car, only allow myself to smoke it when I was in my car working. So at least I was working, not just sitting in my backyard, mm-hmm. uh, working doing a breeds. Um, right. I don't know why that just helped me get off it. For one thing, the taste started to become nause- nauseating to me. Like smoking a yeah. cigarette didn't become nauseating to me, but. Those flavored black and mild things, if I was the only thing I was allowing myself to smoke, sometimes I just wouldn't want to smoke because I didn't want to taste grape or blueberry or whatever. I think that uh, when Aria did her Chantex, that it made it very distasteful for her as well to to smoke a cigarette. Like she, I don't know if she said that when she thought about it, it was kind of a turnoff, but like the whole idea of smoking became a turnoff for her. So I don't know Uh, what those things cost her, but she said it was well worth it. And she is now a year uh, past when she last smoked a cigarette, and she's very, very happy that she did it. So it's it's one of those things that it may cost a little bit of money up front. I don't know how much, maybe a few hundred bucks or whatever for the treatment. But if you think about it, you're gonna it's gonna pay for itself really quickly if you if you aren't buying cigarettes, cigarettes or buying true. tobacco constantly. And and you know that's that's a lot of money over a year's time. Think about the amount of money that you spend on the cigarettes. And then just right. if you never spend another dollar on cigarettes, then it's no big deal to spend 500 or 300 bucks or whatever on the actual the medicine that might actually solve this problem for you. So I would look I at some that, of those options. I think that vaping yeah. is a bad in-between choice because basically yeah. like it makes it to where you can smoke anywhere whenever. Yeah, yeah and, that's true. Uh, doesn't really stop you from getting a cigarette too then you got two habits i mean yeah because then you got to spend money on buying a vape rig and the battery and all that if you're going to spend all that money you might as well just spend it on the chantex or or whatever the smoking cessation shot there's different options out there and i would look into those jamie i tried a vape it didn't work out for me Yeah. (laughs) yeah i would try i would try those options and see what uh, you know, maybe talk to some people you know that have quit. Ask them what their story was. How did they do it? And then just kind of figure out what might work for you, because there is a way uh, to do it if you've got the willpower. You know, and I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, it's a pretty serious addiction. But there's so many people who have done it. It can be done. It's just up to you. All right. Thanks. Good luck, Jamie. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate Good luck. it. Let's go to this caller. Call you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Tony from Oklahoma. Tony, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Okay, I've, this is for Sarah. Here in Oklahoma, we had a guy on a motorcycle get stopped in the same day, on the same day twice by a, the same cop. He was doing 113 and then 126 mile an hour. Wow. So if the cop stopped him twice and didn't impound any of his motorcycle or anything else, the cops apparently don't care that you're speeding either, unlike Sarah was talking about. Well, I presume the cop wrote him a speeding ticket, which is the cops cops only care because they get revenue out of it. They don't actually care that you're speeding. They're like, okay, let's ring the cash register again. Right, and that's what I'm trying to get through to Sarah. And also that day we had a vehicle doing 113 also. They got Mm -hmm. stopped, got a ticket. But they're not pounding the cars or doing anything else. So that's my point to her. You can, like you were saying, you can have five thousand traffic lights and not going to do anything, you know, other than the revenue for the county or state or however they do it. 
Yep, that's what it's all about. It's all about the revenue, and uh, I appreciate that story. Anything else you want to share? That was it. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call tonight. I think Sarah would say something like, oh, yeah, but we should still try, but it's just like she doesn't... Unfortunately, doesn't listen either to the show, so she wasn't able <laughs> oh, to yeah, hear that, that call. But I'm pretty sure she would say something like that, like, oh, we should still try. We should make sure these people, at least if they're getting tickets, that's going to... Uh, Make them want to stop, but obviously that isn't true in the case of this motorcycle guy. No, it's going to make them want to buy a uh, radar detector, (laughs) you know? Okay, I don't want to get caught next time. Uh, Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? This is Randy Randy. from Southwest Arkansas. You're on the air, Randy. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I learned not to smoke growing up. I worked on the farm, and we had brush piles would pile up, Mm -hmm. burn them. And that smoke would take your breath away, fighting fire with a wet tow sack around those brush piles. I have kinfolk. It's uh, you got to turn down that radio in the background, Randy. It's gonna if it's not gonna confuse the hell out of you, it's definitely gonna confuse me listening to it. Or go into another room, get away I'll, from that I'll, radio. I'll call you back another day. All right, brother. Well, thank you for the call tonight. You can't get you well, can't good, have the radio on in the background. Well, that's a good uh, story. He he never wanted to smoke because because of the brush fires. Because of the brush the fires. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll turn you off. A whole lung full of smoke. Uh, thanks for the call. It's probably I, good I for his lungs it. that he didn't add in more smoke to that situation. I know my. Yeah. Oh wait, never mind. My my grandpa was a smoker and a firefighter, and that's why he died wow. in his fifties of Oof. some kind of lung lung disease. cancer. I don't Yikes. know if it was cancer, but something from his lungs. That's awful. Uh, so the drag thing, we can come back to that just a little bit here. There's uh, 26 proposed bills, according to metro.co.uk, across the United States. So Tennessee's just the first. This is coming to a lot of other places, maybe. I mean, not all of them are going to pass. But in states up and down the U.S., drag events from brunches to kids' reading sessions have been threatened with violence in recent years. The Proud Boys, a violent far-right nationalist group, have protested and barged into Drag Queen Story Hour events at libraries in front of children. I mean, can you imagine the gall of these people, like, acting like they're saving the children who are being... Your kids, like, uh, saving children from their own parents. Other people's children. Right, not saving their own children. Yeah, oh, well, if they have kids or whatever. But they're, these are, like, these are the equivalent of busybodies. The Proud Boys are basically busybodies they're getting involved in other people's families and the things that they choose to do sarah by any other name would smell so sweet indeed uh and so they barged into these places sab samuel who runs a drag queen story hour in the uk has seen his events similarly demonstrated against by far-right groups he said drag queen story hour is more than just a bit of fun it's gender affirming care and a highway for queer kids to get a role model that they've been denied for years he says Drag Queen Story Hour UK are aware the USA has no say on UK laws, but that does not mean these laws won't find their way into the UK, especially with the current government that they have today. So they're predicting that similar things are going to be going on there. Of course, this article was focused on uh, the UK by Metro.co.uk. I think it's it's you know it's a shame. Uh, these neither of these two sides can leave each other alone. The left and the right, they've always got to be having some pointless controversy between the two of them and one side tries to shove their views down the other side's throats and then the other side gets in control of the system and then you know the things reverse and it's just like when is this going to stop i think that this is why we need people to migrate and vote with their feet and get to places that are more like 
them. Move to be around people that are more like you, which is why we need the Libertarians to move here to New Hampshire. More coming up. Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up what you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and you can enjoy the features that we have for you there. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. It's Ian and Bonnie here in the studio tonight. We're going to more of your calls and thoughts. We were talking about the Tennessee drag bill or the anti-drag bill that could potentially criminalize even what bonnie and i would describe as just normal drag which is to say a in no way sexually connotated kind of performance just simply men dressing as women and singing and or lip-syncing to pop music songs and dancing usually that's what it you know what's that's a drag show But conservatives want you to believe that drag is inherently sexual. They want you to believe that a man dressing as a woman is somehow sexual, and so therefore it should be a misdemeanor and or a felony in Tennessee. And there's apparently 26 states that right now are considering similar legislation. So if you want to comment on that, you're welcome to join us. Bonnie, you're going to have a story for us that's related to this about some parents in an uproar, at least one parent and then his associates, in an uproar over a teacher at a school in New Hampshire wearing like flowy pants. It wasn't even like wearing a, women's clothing allegedly. Yeah, what it wasn't even expressly womanly to me. Like when I saw it I was like this is what it's all about. It doesn't it's not like he was wearing a dress or bra cups or something like that. We'll get into the story coming up here in a moment, but Law Dog is on the line here first. The number is 603-283-6160 in Michigan. Go ahead, Law Dog. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Ian. Uh, the gentleman that uh, got the speeding tickets with the radar, um, uh, on radar, uh, back a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, they had this one guy sing a song, and it was a one-hit wonder. It said, radar gun, radar gun, I'm making money and I'm having fun. And what they would do is they, they would sit there with that radar gun, and they'd uh, stick it up there when they seen cars coming, and then they'd put it in their lap. Okay, they put that mm-hmm. radar gun in their lap, and if there's any of you cops out there in the nation, have them call in because uh, what happened is a lot of cops caught testicular cancer by putting that radar gun in their lap. And just explain to me why they would be putting it in their lap. Was it to they shot like a car with that was speeding, but they didn't want to pull that one over and then they were just saving it for the car they wanted to pull over? Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. You'd have to ask the cop, you know. Okay. Yeah, I had not heard of that story. But the thing about it is, is I, I've been stopped by a lot of cops, and over uh, over a six year period, over a seven year period, I was stopped over sixty times by the cop. Wow. Damn. Stop number twenty five was a um, was a state policeman there. I was driving by Porsche, and uh, uh, he comes up there and he says, uh, "Do you know what I'm stopping you for?" I says, "This is the twenty fifth time i've been stopped uh, in the past two years and he says what were you stopped the previous 24 times for and i says driving while sober and he started cracking up <laughs> so 
I didn't get a ticket. Yeah, but, if you can make the cop laugh, that's usually a good thing. Okay, this is what you do with a drunk drive um, uh, when you got a guy trying to pin you, a cop trying to pin you on a DUIL. He'll come up to the um, car, and the first thing they always say is, says, do you know what I stopped you for? And I go, yes, sir. You stopped me because you think I'm a drunk driver. May I have a preliminary, preliminary breathalyzer, please? And those guys freak out because you take the control away from them. And mm. then you, the, the state cops will let you blow that uh, um, breathalyzer. And I look at them, and I says, if I blow three zeros, you're not messing with me the rest of the night, are you? He goes, no, sir. Because you're making my job easier. I if wouldn't do that because I've gotten arrested. i throw you on the hood of the car and, uh, and, and, and start. Uh, I, I think this is know, terrible advice. Stuff with you. I wouldn't um, ask a cop if I can blow in the breathalyzer because I got arrested for blowing three zeros. They said, well, we can smell alcohol on you. So obviously you're not like blowing it all the way. We're going to have to take you to the station so you can blow into the bigger breathalyzer thing that sits on the counter. Yeah, I uh, I also uh, tend to uh, disagree here with the law dog uh, claiming that saying a line like that is going to somehow take the control away from the police. I mean, it might catch them by surprise, but it's certainly not going to take away their control and asking to uh, offering to be more obedient uh, than the average person. I don't think is the way to. It's oh certainly, no, I hold them in contempt. I give them some crap. You know, I says. Uh, you, you know, you either you either get me for drunk driving or you let me go, and most of them they'll they'll back off. But that was like. Do you I have said, video I, of you doing I, this? I, huh? Do you have any video of you doing this? Oh no, no, no. I don't have. Okay, any well then it's just big talk. Doing that? No. Yeah, you can't really uh, prove it. Then. I guess I haven't. Um, you know, I haven't uh, drove a car in four years. Uh, I see. I see. You know, well, they had video thing, four but, years ago. I think it's just a really when, bad when, idea to advise anyone to talk to the cops. You should tell them. I don't answer questions. They'll say, you know why I pulled you over? I don't answer questions. Uh, that is, uh, again, we're not lawyers. That's not legal advice, but uh, that is what I would do if I were in that situation. Thank you, Law Dog, for the call tonight. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That, I think, you know, having actually seen video of at least one guy doing the whole I don't answer questions line, that has to be some of the most effective uh, ways of dealing with the police that I've ever seen because you you know you again talking he talked about throwing them off their game but what he was talking about was trying to be obedient and doing something they wouldn't expect in the case of when you say I don't answer questions it throws them off their game because they're used to having their questions answered and so a lot of times they'll just push harder to try to get another question answered they'll ask you a different question and if you are you know if you fall for it, then you'll answer it. But if you are of a singular mindset of just if you're going to say anything, because you're not obligated to talk to them at all, although there was this bizarre Supreme Court decision that said you have to like you have to verbally express your desire to use your Fifth Amendment. Right. Which is really weird. So I think that you probably are in my you know experience better off saying something so they know that you heard them that way they can't claim well you know oh, he Seems wasn't crazy. responding he's yeah, yeah right so Seemed if, on drugs and couldn't understand right it. so if you just simply say i don't answer questions they know that you heard them and they don't quite know what to do with someone like that oh my god chris got not chris. a cop chris from the show chris okay. our Penguin. friday night co-host um he got such a funny 
response from a cop. He wasn't pulled over. He was going through the security at the federal courthouse in Concord during mm-hmm. Ian's trial. He said, a cop asked him the question, like, do you have anything in this bag or something? And he said, I don't talk to liars and thieves. And the cop said, you just did. <laughs> yeah, like he got him or something. And then he probably was like, dang it. You know, because he <laughs> called himself a liar and thief by saying that. He sure did. And Chris was just like, is that an, um, is that a admission? Admission. It's awesome. What did the cop say to that? I don't know. Just sheepishly continued doing his job. Probably, probably just, they always act like they're the ones that mm-hmm. are funny and cool. It's yeah. probably just smiling like, <laughs> you know, uh, not letting yeah. him know that he got him. I wish I could remember the name of the guy. There's a, I think it's like Kenny somebody. Anyway, on YouTube. And he is known for doing the whole I don't answer questions thing. And he's got plenty of video of him doing it. And the cops just cannot. It's like they it, it just freezes them up. They don't know how to handle somebody who isn't doing the normal thing. The typical response from somebody when they're dealing with a cop is to is to speak back. Because it's like you're talking to another person and the, the police try to be, you know, try to act human in these circumstances. Just so they can get you. Yeah, they're just so they can get you for something. They, oh, yeah, where are you coming? Oh, where are you coming from? Oh, yeah, where are you going to tonight? What would you do while you were there? You know, just asking you questions as though they're your buddy or something like that. And they're not your buddy. They're there to, you know, put handcuffs on you and throw you into a prison cell. So if you want to avoid that, the best thing to do is to not give them evidence to use against you. And if all you say is, I don't answer questions, and then they ask you another question, and you say, I don't answer questions, at some point, they're going to just say, all right, give me your ID, and then they'll go back to their car, and they'll run your ID and you know see if they have any warrants in the system that they can get you for that, and then they'll bring it back and either write you a ticket or not, and then they'll probably let you go. Uh, but, you know, it's up to you. Your mileage may vary. And if you do get pulled over, don't do what Law Dog did and don't get video of the situation. You should get video of it as well. That way you have it on the record in case they get crazy, in case they start trying to search your car without your permission, without any probable cause. Because depending on the, you know, how rogue that that cop happens to be, how crazy or psychopathic they are. How small of a town you're in, because that's why I got arrested for blowing three zeros. It's like they can do whatever they want. Yeah, you never know what, you know, lunatic you're going to be dealing with. So better to have some evidence of that situation than not. So, Bonnie, you had a story here that's kind of related to the drag thing. Not quite. We're talking about, in this case, maybe some less fabulous cross-dressing. Somebody who is at a school, they're a teacher or something at a government school. In Concord, New Hampshire. Oh, it is Concord. Okay. And this person is wearing allegedly women's clothing to school and somebody's upset about it yes this is from the boston globe but i'm looking at it on archive.is because they had a paywall paywall apparently mm-hmm. it says a battle over freedom of expression at a concord new hampshire elementary school offended by the girly clothes worn by the male art teacher at his daughter's school one parent has taken aim at the teacher the school and the district in a group of, a group of local liberty minded freedom fighters is helping him do it which sucks it sucks when people use the the word liberty in their uh causes and then they do things like this it makes mm-hmm. actual liberty loving freedom fighters look bad hmm. an art teacher at the krista mcauliffe school was placed on leave recently after a parent complained that the male teacher was wearing women's clothing 
Now, hundreds of other parents have come together in support of the teacher who identifies as LGBTQ and are calling on the school district to do the same. The school board on Friday confirmed that the art teacher, Silas Allard, 24, mm-hmm. was placed on leave after a parent, Michael Guelgamo. Did you say this was a uh, elementary yep. school? Okay. Was placed on leave after a parent, Michael Guelgamo, uh, complained about the feminine clothing he sometimes saw Allard wearing when parents picked their children up from school. Guelgamo, a member of We the People in H, told The Globe. He has taken issue with Allard's clothing choices since September or October. He said he believes Allard was trying to provoke him in early February by staring at him (laughs) and crossing his arms. Okay. Quote, my concern is that he's engaging in gender confusion and gender dysphoria. And you did show me off the air some of the pictures of this guy. And it looks like, at least at school, now they apparently found some photos of him off of like, school property at graduation wearing a graduation cap and gown and like sitting on top of the bull which must have been the uh the mascot school or mascot or something like that's not the same as him being at the elementary school yeah i just and remember then another picture where in, like he was in a club or something it just the other picture was him dressed as like a fairy and it looked like he was in a backyard he might have mm-hmm. even been like a backyard wedding yeah i mean look he can dress however he wants outside uh, of school outside yeah. of school and, and inside of school, what it looked like he was wearing was like women's professional clothing. That's kind of what I saw. And um, not tight fitting. Case. I'm looking at it right here. It's like yeah. loose professional pants, clothing. Yeah. Socks and kind of like those like Japanese style uh, sandals that are like a thicker, maybe wooden bottom and like a flowy shirt. It, it's yeah, not by no cut. means is right. By no means is this man wearing drag or coming to school right. wearing a thong or something right. like that. Right. Uh, he's dressed as a businesswoman would dress in, you know, any office situation, basically. And this guy acting like this is some sort of issue worth making a big stink over. I just don't I just don't understand it. Says we the people in H's founder, Therese Grinnell, a registered nurse and activist. Oh, we know, Therese. Right. Hold, hold the thought on that here. Let's continue with the calls. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, what's your name? Hey, it's Tom. Tom, where are you calling from tonight? Texas. What's on your mind, Tom? Well, uh, there's this question of pragmatism when it comes to uh, uh, liberty fighters, uh, libertarianism, anarchism, and all that. Um, I just want to pose a question. I've posed to my friends, and I get a lot of pushback on it because it's kind of a it, – it, it, the, the argument is like it's a false dichotomy, but I don't think it is because we have examples – I'll just put it this way – uh, would you rather be in the high rise or on the train in the context of, let's say, Nazi Germany or Russia uh, circa 1930s? What's the high rise? You mean like hanging out with the elites? Yeah, yeah. It. So are you willing to compromise? The question is, are you willing to compromise your principles for safety? And when it's easy to say when it, it's like, uh, a benign situation uh, where, you know, we, we can be principled so long as it doesn't compromise our uh, lifestyle or whatever. What brought about but this discussion? Really, I'm sorry. I, missed... um, I mean, current events, really, but mm-hmm. actually history, really. Uh, it, it's, it's a question of principles. I, I suppose, but yeah, no, we we've actually seen this recently uh, with the Crypto Six case, where former co-host Melanie Neighbors uh, threw her principles down the well 
uh, when she was you know, put, threatened with a charge that never would have even held water uh, if it was ever even uh, brought against her. She was completely willing to throw people, not just me, under the bus and turn over as much evidence as she could to uh, to the feds, sadly. And so it just yeah. goes to show that you- t- principles are just talk until somebody actually has to put them into play. And then you really get and, to find out, you know, you separate the wheat from the chaff. And what I know is I don't want somebody to be on the radio talking about me in a year saying like, yeah, Bonnie was a lot of talk, but ultimately she's a coward and she'll work with the police if you barely scare her. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, F those. Yeah. Guys. And I, I, I try to see both sides of the issue here. It, it's a very difficult question. I think it's very well. I, I think if uh, have you guys followed Michael Malice? and his latest book, The White Pill? No, I have Michael Mal- Malice blocked on Twitter. I don't know what his book is oh, about, but I've, I've read one of his books, and I really enjoyed it. I think he's a great writer. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. I agree with him, like, 98% of the time. But um, basically, it, he's, he's talking about the horrors in uh, Russia, uh, in the USSR, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's written a book on North Korea, yeah, that's the one I read. And, uh, what was it uh, written by? Not really written by Kim Jong Il. Our dear, our, our our dear reader. Dear reader, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think it's a really it's a very difficult question to answer without like specific uh, a specific situation, but I think it's an important one. And I think I can't remember the interview, but I think it was on Tim Pool actually that Michael Ballas he he pushed back on Tim Pool because Tim Pool is very principled in uh, the, the the free speech the thing and, and uh, various things. Tim Pool can be very animated about his opinion, but um, I think it was uh, something to do with maybe it was January sixth or something. I don't I I can't really remember, but uh, Michael Ballas is like you don't know their situation. And I, I, I think that that's an important um, – uh, it, it's a, it, Okay, so, well, this like, is why I have Michael Malice blocked on Twitter. Ian was accused not, – not even formally accused. His house was raided in 2016 for something. The government said, oh, we believe that your IP address might have visited a porn – a child porn website – and Michael Malice left LRN.FM for that. No, 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 that wasn't Michael Malice. Wait, who's it? Who is it? Uh, that was Scott Horton. Oh, that's the one I have blocked on uh, Twitter. Disregard. Okay. I mixed them up. <laughs> they okay, are so, both from Austin, uh, Texas. Michael they're both Malice friends with Tom Woods. I thought Dude. they were the same person. Yeah. I, I mean, I mixed them up. Yeah, it was sad. Uh, that's okay. But uh, I, I just, I want to pose the question in, a, in, a, in like an ad, uh, uh, argument from an ad absurdum sort of way to kind of push the principle of the question uh, where we draw the line of pragmatism and principles, uh, and with my with my view on anarchism and, and my professional career, I've had to draw I've had to bifurcate or uh, separate the two, and so like I have an understanding of what's true, and then I have an understanding of how I can uh, best uh, succeed in the world, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, well, I, I just so, I do I think that anytime you um, sacrifice your own principles to live in the world. You're basically not living in unity consciousness in your own mind. You're betraying yourself, and you're not being true to yourself. You're that's not being for true sure. to yourself, and I think it's not worth whatever worldly things you can live. There's mm. a quote from um, I wish I could remember who it is, but it says like most men will choose living a long life over living a noble life, which is funny because you can choose to live a noble life, but you have no choice over how long your life is going to be. Mm. True. 
Yeah. Well, I think that that is, uh, uh, my my argument against that is that I think it's a privilege that we have to have that distinction. But when you're put in a situation where it is very literally, would you rather be on the train or in the penthouse? Uh, I think it's a dis- different situation. We we have a lot of uh, how do you it, we we have a lot of um, buffer these days. No, and, yeah, speak for yourself, uh, dude. I mean. That, lots of people have that really had to answer that question recently. Most people don't get the choice between the train and the penthouse. I mean, you, if you're going to be on the train, you are forced on that train, and you don't get an option to get off that train. So I don't well, know. I mean, it doesn't really seem like a, a choice most I mean, people are my, presented with. Here's a here's a perfect example where people were given the choice was during COVID and the vaccines. Plenty of people betrayed themselves mm-hmm. to to uh, get the vaccine because well, I, well, it wasn't a real choice. I had to keep my job. My no, little brother didn't. was one of two people on his military base that stood up and said, "I'm not taking the job." And, I mean, that took a lot of no, courage. I, I I stood up. I wrote a letter. I I, I made my argumentation, and um, they accepted it. Hmm. Although social reasons, I won't divulge in my in my life. Um, I compromised it anyways, so I, I have hmm. kind of a, a, a hybrid situation with that. But I regret it. That's sad. Uh, but really, it, it's yeah, it is. I I, I do regret that. But um, I I I think I think it's a very it's a very difficult question to to uh, answer. And I, I I guess I'm just bringing it up as a hypothetical yeah. and kind of a thought experiment. Well, I understand that because some there people are some situations where it really could be dire and it's not just yourself. I think what, what, what I was bringing up with Michael Mouse is sometimes it's not just yourself. Sometimes you have to pl- uh, play around with the idea that you're sacrificing other people's lives for your principles. And when it comes down to that, like the examples in his book is, well, you know, uh, give us six people that you collaborated with, even though you're not a collaborator to sub, uh, uh, subvert the state, they automatically claim that you're guilty and you just have to give up people. Otherwise, they're going to. Are you talking about well, a theoretical? Not, yeah, well, no, in that situation. OK, yeah, but that's not giving up anything for your principles. If anything, if you work with them, you're just sacrificing your principles of, you know, not lying about people. It's like that lady that got arrested in El Salvador because they came to her and said, uh, tell us about a gang member, you know. She didn't know a gang member, so, so she didn't tell her. anyone and she wasn't going to lie about someone else she knew in real life, so they arrested her. If she would have done that, if she would have not gotten arrested, she would be sacrificing her principles doing that. So I just don't And sacrificing people who weren't gang members to right. uh, to these thugs. I mean, what is the example think- you're giving here, sir, of the, uh, the six people situation? Oh, it... it uh- Again, Mouse writes about these were the tactics that are used in uh, very totalitarian, tyrannical states uh, like um, North Korea, China, yeah, and, and El Salvador, uh, as we uh, as we discussed last night. Right. Listen, right, right. as long as your principles are never against or are never violent, as but long as your principles are just, just non-violence, so. then your principles will never be the cause of someone dying. I just I'm not going to accept that. If somebody kills you or kills your children or kills your wife because of you not breaking to your principles, that's something that person did, not something you did. And you should yeah, never be it, responsible for somebody else killing someone or somebody else putting someone in jail. And I'm tired of this, oh, well, they were just doing their job, or, oh, well, they had to um, let the world just get deeper and deeper into slavery because, well, their kid might have died or something. Do you want your kid to live in slavery? Or live at all, I think is the question. 
Do you want your kid to live at all? Well, is living at wife? all living if it's, you know, Nazi well, Germany took over the world? In that, in that situation, there is a question of survival. But I'll leave it at this. I think the question is... is um, I think only pussies want horrific. to survive bad enough to put their kids into Hitler's Listen, hands. I, I, I think that's very... I, I, I really I appreciate what you're saying, and I, I want to identify with it, but it, unless you put yourself in their shoes in that situation, unless you've lived that... Well, speak for yourself, because my house got raided by the FBI. I Thanks mean, like, our, I've literally been held at gunpoint. I could have just walked away and not have to live with this situation my whole life. I mean, the people like this are just, like, professionals who took the vaccine because they wanted to, um, talking to me, saying I'm privileged. That kind of pisses me off. Indeed. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate the discussion, and we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.